You're watching the Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. Welcome in to the Pirate Football Playback here, brought to you by, presented by LNK Custom Homes on the Sports Objective. Want to give a shout out to Kevin Walker, KK Walker. He's a licensed general contractor. Give him a call at 336-688-8461. Let's bring in now all the way from the great, I was going to say the great state of LaGrange, but the great town of LaGrange, Kyle Baba. What's up, man? It's, it's the state of mind. LaGrange okay. is the state of mind. Uh, hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, another uh, great winning weekend for the Pirates. Pirates go down to San Antonio, get the big win. So 7-1 and one on the year now. It's a great year. What an unbelievable year for the Pirates. Just just astounding. Bob, are you enjoying it? Yeah, don't we wish. Uh, but I appreciate. I see Justin Butts already chiming in. Glad to see. I'm, I'm assuming you've uh, made it back safely from San Antonio. Uh, appreciate uh, Justin sending some, some pictures from the Alamo Dome. Uh, and um, looked like a pretty good atmosphere. He said certainly much better than the other dome experiences that he had had back in the day at Tulane. But, um, yeah. but yeah, hey, if you'd have told us we were going to start so quickly uh, offensively, uh, you'd have been very excited about that, and we were. But um, you'd have thought if, if you'd have said we're going to have 10 offensive points and 17 points overall in the first quarter that we'd probably be up by more than 17, 14. But, uh, you know, from that point on, you know, we were out scored, I guess, 27 to three uh, before we had the late touchdown. And, um, you know, give the guys credit. And, you know, I think I don't doubt the effort for a second. And, but at the same time, you know, just after the strong start, I think Alex Flynn ended up getting sacked five times. Yeah, he did. That was yeah, a big problem in the quarter. No, the whole, the, our whole, yeah, go ahead, yeah, Matt, welcome in. <laughs> Thanks, Kyle. Appreciate that, Matt. <laughs> you know, uh, the, the words I'm going to go back to, you know, all night, probably ad nauseum, are going to be, um, you know, consistency and, and then complimentary football because, you know, it, it's like, you know, you plug one hole and then right. another hole opens up and every week it's something different. And, you know, yesterday you played a little better offensively. Uh, I say a little better, um, but then your defense breaks yes. down on you. And when you play well offensively and defensively, your field goal unit breaks down as we saw last week for two missed field goals. So, you know, it's, it's right now there's, you're not seeing complimentary football from East Carolina where you get a complete game. Um, and you know, you're just trying to plug one hole after the next. I felt the same way. It's kind of like the analogy I was thinking about, Matt, it's funny you bring that up. I was thinking about, uh, in the first half about, uh, plumbing, you know, we always hear your home and you fix one problem and you create another one. Um, it's kind of yep. like that with us. It's like the offensive, in the first half, man, that we were th- clicking, and I know we had the pick six and everything, and I was like, this is exactly the game we needed. And then 
Uh, one of the things I want to bring up to the rest of you guys, too, it feels like that the uh, once again, we, we played better. It seems like what I'm trying to say, the one common theme, another one you can have all season long is, guys, the second half, I don't, I don't know what we do, but the second half is not as good as the first half. And uh, this week, it, it, that storyline uh, continues. I thought the first half, I was really proud of our team. and um, But the second half, it was a completely different team out there. Uh, I think uh, I think part of it has to do on offense with uh, where we, we don't have um, a very big playbook and um, they adjust to what we're doing and shut it down better in the second half. Particularly, that's what happened against UTSA. They were able to get a lot more pressure on Flynn in the second half. The O-line just can't hold up. Uh, the O-line just it sucks, to put it bluntly. Um, yeah. The receivers did a much better job yesterday yes. of getting open. Um we were more aggressive throwing the ball downfield. Um, th- there were some positives to build off of from yesterday. You know, quite quite honestly, not happy with the outcome, but had we beaten Charlotte the week before, I would That's be a- optimistic about the performance against UTSA. Would not be happy at all with where we are in the season, but you can see growth. And, and, and we can build off this performance. This is a performance that you can build off of. The problem is, you haven't won but one game up to this point. So, you know, is it too late in the year to build off of it? How much better can you get? That's what we have to find out. We have four games left in the year. You know, I, I you know, you know, I, who knows what could happen against Tulane. But we, we got to build off this performance, and there's some things to build off of. And uh, I want to ask you guys another thing that came to mind, uh, the frustration, I think we were talking about it in the first half. I was frustrated, uh, Kyle, you brought up Charlotte. I was frustrated because I felt like, and I don't know about you guys, I felt like that last week against Charlotte, Garcia was in there way too long. We brought in Flynn, and I believe it was the third quarter off the top of my head, and it was way too long. We waited to bring him in. Um, And then this week, I felt like, you know, it's like, wow, if we'd had Flynn in there, maybe we would have the whole game. I know that's second guessing, and I'm like, well, uh, me and Bob have talked about that at nauseum. Okay, that while while we had the game plan we had last week, which was to throw the ball short, that was the game plan last week against Charlotte was short passing game, and you and you and you throw the running quarterback, and you, and you start the running quarterback. I should say the the, the game plan made no sense if you're going to start Mason Garcia. That was Flynn's game last week, and had we started them, we would have probably won. And um, after the game yesterday. Houston for the first time, and I'm, I know I'm all over the place here, but you know, it's okay. We can, we don't have to be, uh, you know, exactly chronological with everything. But Houston, um, Houston after the game yesterday, post game press conference, actually showed some emotion and didn't just come across as arrogant and defensive. He actually uh, admitted that they laid an egg against Charlotte. That was his words. He said, It pisses me off seeing this performance this week. I can win with that football team. That's a football team that I can win with. That's how right. we should look. I can grow from this, and it pisses me off that we laid a friggin' egg against Charlotte. That that was his words. So I was glad to hear that. I was glad to hear that. I would have liked it to him to take more direct responsibility for laying that egg against Charlotte. But I was glad to hear him show some emotion and and and, and uh, you know acknowledge that things aren't perfect. We all freaking knew because we got eyes and ears and you know <laughs> have cognitive thinking ability. So I'm glad he finally freaking admitted it. Yeah, so that Matt- was good to see. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, Matt, when it seems like with the, the one thing that I've been wanting to ask you to go, uh, the last uh, after the last show last week, I forgot to ask. 
these players are still playing hard. And the one thing I worried about the most is I don't, do you guys think, I don't think he's lost the locker room the way they shockingly played yesterday. No, honestly, yeah. shockingly. No, I was worried that after the Charlotte game, we would have. Yeah. And, and, and shockingly, no, I do not think he's lost the locker room. Matt Bubba, you guys, both former players. What do y'all think? I don't think so at all. I mean, based on what I've seen, I'm sure you, you may have an isolated uh, player or two, but, uh, now, by and large, um, you don't come out and perform. And I, I know we I understand we lost by two touchdowns, and we were down three touchdowns until the final minute of the game. But uh, you know that game, you think thirty-four twenty late third quarter, and then had we, we had played that, that we, way against Charlotte, we'd have beat their ass. Yes, right. Yeah, Camaro like Edmund, Camaro Edmonds, when he was not down, uh, he was on the top of the uh, UTSA player knee, never touched the turf. Uh, Looked like it was going to be 34-27, and then what was the very next play? We threw the pick. Um, so it went that's from – That's one of those cases, Bubba, that Coach Ruff used to always do preach and do such a good job of in getting his teams to buy in is forget the previous play. He threw that pick because of that previous play. He was trying to make something happen because uh, because of uh, Edmonds getting called down and them not reviewing – couldn't review the play because of the whistles. I really believe that. I really believe that was all about not forgetting the previous play. You remember how much Ruff used to preach that? I know that's nothing new in the world yeah. of football. All coaches preach it, but Ruff used to harp on it. Yeah, and then, and then it went from being a, looking at a 34-27 game or, or heck, even a you know 34-23 game. I, I, at that point, late third quarter, it had been interesting to see what we had done on fourth down and depending on the down and distance – uh, or excuse me, the distance to go on fourth down, you know, whether we would have uh, opted to go for it um, or kick the field goal, but went from 34-27 potentially to, to 41-20 there early in the fourth yeah. quarter. And uh, yeah. you know, I've seen some folks in the comment section saying, trying to talk up a 14-point loss to, uh, to UTSA um, shows how far we've fallen. Uh, we're not trying. We're not talking up anything. Uh, Absolutely not. No. Not not not, not at all. But perhaps I mean, you've never watched the podcast before. Yeah. If if <laughs> if, if, if we've uh, if you've seen what we've seen this year, you understand yeah. that this despite a two touchdown loss and uh, and even a three touchdown deficit there in the final minutes of the game, that it was. An improved performance on the offensive side, and particularly, obviously, defensive side. Yeah, you know, Coach no, Houston no, at halftime no, talked about. Not, uh, I, sorry, I'm sorry, Bubba. Go ahead. Hear it like when I thought you were done. I apologize. No, I was just going to simply say, Coach Houston on the radio broadcast. You know, he was talking. Uh, he, Kyle, he was showing a lot of motion uh, to Macy O'Donnell uh, about. The very fact of like on defense, you know, there were he said there's something like paraphrasing something like, you know, easy plays, easy plays. In other words, that they 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 could they should have had and they didn't. And um, but it yeah, was like he said post game, it was a wheel route, one of just a simple wheel route, one of the big plays they hit on us with uh, with uh, Kellogg's Frosted Flex or whatever his name was. Um, yeah, o Ogle Kellogg. Kellogg. Yeah. I, uh, you know, hey, and I want to make I want to make something very clear here. I'm going to say this, and and I'm going to make it. I'm going to make a very very clear point to anybody. You know, just so everybody knows, I 100% stand behind behind everything I say. If we go one and eleven, I think he's gone. But I also think that there's a chance that we can build on this performance 
and win. You know, I look, I, 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 I am not, uh, if we really build on this performance and our defense feels like that they had their worst performance of the year and comes out next week and plays their best game of the year and the offense builds on this and Tulane, you know, they're, they're trending down. They've been winning, but they've struggled the last two weeks. They barely beat Rice. They barely beat North Texas. Now we're 17-point underdogs. I wouldn't be shocked. It would not shock me to shock the world next week and beat Tulane. And I know everybody's going to say, oh, come on, what are you talking about? You're sitting here saying you want to fight. And I do. And I do. If we go 1-11, I think you should be fired. But I'm also not going to sit here and say that I do not want us to turn it around or that I don't think that it's possible that if we build on this, then maybe we don't beat Tulane, but we play well against Tulane. And then we go beat Ford Atlantic, Navy, and Tulsa to end the year. Three straight wins. Yep. Build on that and take some momentum into the offseason. Now, if we come out next week against Tulane and they beat our ass 42 to 10, I'm going to say, all right, we're done. We're going to go 1 and 11. But if we can build on this, then we can finish on a positive upswing. But that does not change my opinion on well, if we go 1 and 11, what I think yeah. should happen. I just want to make sure nobody thinks I'm double talking. Yeah, when the, lot, the line came out earlier today for the Tulane game, the Green Wave 17 point favorites. And uh, my first inclination would be to um, take the Pirates and the points because, um, you know, here lately, you know, Tulane has had a couple of close calls against North Texas. I believe that was actually in New Orleans and then yesterday at Rice. So it would not shock me to see them cover, but uh, it would also not not shock me to, to see the Pirates keep it closer than the 17. Hey, Matt. I so it's, pro- it's probably a game that I would honestly stay away from. <laughs> hey, Matt, I uh, I agree with the guys. You were talking earlier, and I want to bring you in on this, because you were talking about the word you go back to a lot, consistency. So how do we get with complimentary football? How do we get the offense? Finally, you know, the one thing I will say is, thank goodness, you know, I'm, I'm watching on television on ESPN+. Plus. I've got the radio on. Thank goodness this offensive uh the offensive side of the ball uh, woke up. Yeah, the problems on the defense, yes, were there some X plays there. How do you find a way to be consistent where we could put a finally put a win in the second half of the season uh, in the win column? Well, you know, we saw some things offensively yesterday that were very different than from what we've seen this year. Um, the first thing was they stuck with Flynn. They gave Flynn the opportunity. They stuck with him. We went at a uh, faster tempo yesterday. We spread the field more. And what we really, one of the major differences was we tried to set up the run through the pass. Uh, So pass first, run second, not the other way around. So that was one of the big differences yesterday. And, you know, the offense was far from perfect, but it was definitely better than what we've seen in previous weeks. You know, the issue for me yesterday, again, going back to consistency is, what in the hell happened to the defense yesterday? Right. I mean, th- this is a this is a unit that's played pretty solid football, um, you know, and they tend to break down in the fourth quarter because they're on the field so long. But yesterday, numerous busts in the secondary, <laughs> wide open receivers. I right. mean, there were some plays with wide open receivers. It's just inexplicable, you know, because and again, it goes back to you plug one hole another hole opens, you know? Um, And that's the part, Dave, you talk about what's it going to take to win. You got to have a game where you play good on both sides of the ball and you don't have breakdowns on special teams. 
Yeah, yeah. one thing that, that I said, and one thing I do not – and it's really amazed me, Matt, that our secondary played this so well this year. I don't think we've done a good job getting pressure on the quarterback. As good as our D-line is against the run, I don't think we're worth a damn on getting pressure on the quarterback. And I think it's, it amazes me our secondary has done as well as it has at times. I said all week, if we didn't get pressure on Frank Harris, he was going to make our secondary look stupid. And he did just that. That's no excuse for broken coverage. But we also did in the second half, our, our coverage was better. But our, our we got way more pressure on Frank Harris in the second half. Way more. I don't know what we – did you see anything we were doing different in terms of blitzing that we got more pressure on him in the second half than the first? Matt? Kyle, you cut out there for a second on my end. Ask that question one more time. Did you see anything different in the second half as to why we were able to get more pressure on him than we were in the first half? Yeah, I mean, I thought that San Antonio's offensive line was not particularly stellar either against the pass rush. So it seemed like we were wearing them down a little bit up front at different times. And I thought our D-line played really well for the most part yesterday. Um, And we were able to generate more pressure you know, in the second half. But when we did, sometimes you'd have those breakdowns in the secondary. Um, But I think you saw both offensive lines begin to break down in the second half of that game. Nobody was really holding up very well on either side. And by the way, um, Matt, uh, to your point about the defense, uh, Monica says uh, linebackers gave up big plays. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, there were breakdowns in the underneath coverage. There were I'm not, it's almost inexplicable how, how that happened like that yesterday. And, but you know, to win, Matt, let me ask you, let me ask you this. I'm sorry. I'm going to step on you. It just comes to mind. You go back to the team, Quentin. Do, do you think the defense were so pissed off at the performance against Charlotte that maybe they, they, they just weren't into it mentally. Then the offense came playing like they did. So then, then the defense finally started waking the hell up towards the, towards the midway of the second quarter. Um, and in the second half, it maybe they, came out flat, you know, sometimes an offense, you think of offense coming out flat, but it could be the offense came to play and the defense just wasn't ready and, they, and they, you know, because of previous weeks and had to get it together. It certainly seemed like it. And, you know, I, I don't know if it's, um, you know, maybe not something that like is, you know, maybe it's more like subconsciously, like, hey, like they're just a frustrated group and, you know, they prepared well, but, at the end of the day, they might have been a little flat. It certainly looked like it um, because they just didn't play as well as they normally do. Um, so you never know, Kyle. Um, you know, it does look like, you know, it does look to me, though, that the team is playing very hard. The It does seem like the effort is there, but it's more the mental side of things, the, the mental mistakes, the football IQ, um, penalties on special teams. I was- you know, just just silly yeah. things that just mount over the game. Yeah, that that's the one thing that this another common theme you brought up, uh, Matt. This Mike Houston team. One of the things you always brag about Mike Houston is the how the their disciplined football teams. And this team, of all the seasons we've had, Mike Houston uh, helped me out. Uh, but season five, this has been the uh, worst as far as penalties that I can remember in the Mike Houston era. Yeah, I was just kind of odd. Most of the time, it goes the other way. Yeah. You get your culture in, and uh, you're less penalty. You, you take less penalties. I think some of the offensive line stuff, the false starts, et cetera, has to do with having a young offensive line, new offensive line coach. 
Um, but the other stuff, uh, a lot of the undisciplined stuff, um, I don't know if it's part of his frustration, uh, situational awareness. I don't know. Um, but it needs to be coached up. And that, that, that is all on coaching. You, 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 if you want the penalties to stop, you know, you, you coach it out of them and sit their asses down no matter who it is, if they keep making stupid penalties. And, uh, uh, to me, that's on coaching. Penalties to me is always on coaching. Matt, do you think um, being playing with Logan in the '90s? Do you think these guys, because we know the effort is there, do you think these guys, when it comes to penalties, is it because they're trying too hard? You know, like sometimes you see the, you know, the late hits that are unexcusable. I'm not like saying that. Sometimes there's a, such a thing as a good penalty. Uh, maybe it's a pass interference because you get beat or something like that, so it saves a touchdown. But is there a is it because we're one and seven now? So you're one and six football team like yesterday, and you're trying so hard to win. You're giving the effort to the coaches um, and your fellow uh, band of brothers, as you will. Is that a situation where they're trying too hard, and so they're making mistakes? I mean, you know, it could That's be what's in certain cases. Mind. It could be in certain cases, Dave. I mean, I think a lot of times it's it's a football IQ thing, and you know when you see like a wide receiver running up the sideline and he's about to step, take his second step out of bounds and the free safety flies in and, and knocks him into the bench. You know, those things are just football IQ. Like you have to know where you're on the field and have a good feel for that. And I mean, I do think the effort is there, but you know, it's, it's every week there's an inexplicable two or three penalties that, that just seem to come up and, you know, you just wonder where that stuff is coming from. I mean, you know, I don't I don't know how many false starts. You know, it seems like those have decreased yeah. in recent weeks. Um, but between the false starts and, and, and all the other stuff, I mean, it's just – they just have to clean that up. You're just not going to win. You're not going to be a good team well, playing like that. And no. and we have so many 50-50 games. I know we're, we, we always talk about um, a one-in-six, now one-in-seven football team. And that's what they have to understand is every snap can be the difference of winning. It's so razor thin to win these football games that the penalties are the different. I mean, I hate to say that a cliche. Well, you you played a relatively penalty-free game against Charlotte, and you you lose because you just were so tight and you started the wrong quarterback. You know, there there was no excuse for that performance. And, you know, the so sometimes, you know, I don't know. Sometimes you can be too tight about having penalties and – you play bad, like like I said against Charlotte. So there's a thin line there, but the, again, I, that all comes back to coaching to me. You, you gotta you gotta coach it out of them, and uh, I, I don't know. At this point of the season, the penalty number should be going down. I mean, at this point, you're not young players anymore, so you can't use that as an excuse. You know, so you, you've, you've you've been playing even if you're a freshman, or you haven't been getting many snaps up to this point. You know, and now you're 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 eight games in. So you're not a young player anymore. You can't use that as an excuse. So to me, now it's, it's all in the coach. And something I wanted to get to that frustrates me, um, and, and Matt, it, I, sometimes I don't think we know what the hell we're doing with our personnel. Like, I understand Raji Harris, you know, was a starter and he got injured. And I understand he gets the blocking schemes. But I've seen Kamara Edmonds, every time he touches the ball, he, 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 he never stops on a play. He busts his ass. He goes for extra yards. I don't think we're getting him enough carries. Um, Green's been injured. Yesterday was the first time since early in the season we got to see Gerald Green touch the ball, and he was very explosive. So hopefully you'll see more of him going forward. 
Gunn's back healthy, and he's like, still you, you. I just don't understand why we're not utilizing some of our personnel, particularly in the running back room. And, better. What, and guys, uh, really quick, Matt, I was going to ask you guys: Did you? I haven't heard any word on. I know it was a hamstring with Bond, but I haven't. Have you guys heard anything on him? Like, because he's, uh, it sounds he's like it's so day to day. He may be back this coming week. Yeah. Okay, we need. Him. I heard he was iffy for this. I don't think. Yeah, sure, we we we, we do, but I think we got enough talent at running back, particularly with yeah. Green back. If right. we use them properly. Matt, what, yeah. what do you think? We, we do. I loved what I saw from Gerald Green yesterday. And 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 we've been talking about him for to be not to sound like like a know-it-all, but we've been we've been asking about him for, for well he's been injured a couple weeks, so to be fair with that. Yeah, yeah definitely he had, he had the injury. And no pop McKay. Prior to that, I was like, why are we bringing this guy here from Georgia Southern who's a proven commodity at this level? He's had a lot of success multiple 500-yard seasons, and then you bring him here, and then you don't play him. Like, it just yeah. didn't make any sense. And you could see some burst from him yesterday. Yes. Um, considering that our line really struggles to get pushed and create holes, you can make a valid argument that a smaller back, a shiftier back, will give you the best chance to find some creases. He and- knows how to hit the crease outside in a hurry. He, If he sees that outside lane, he hits it in a hurry. In a, in a hurry, he looked very explosive. Even the uh, the commentator on TV, uh, he said he said when you watch him, you could tell he's got fresh legs. He used the term fresh legs, and he yep. did. And, you know, and and I think Rajay, you know, I don't think his speed or burst has quite come back from the ACL yet. And no, yeah. well, I he, think he. I'm not banging on Rajay. I think he's a great right. kid. I but I think his best attribute right now in this offense is short yardage and goal right. line. I think he's very effective. He, he, well, what do you make exactly. of like, what, what do you make of, you You know, the running back in the blocking team? So, you know, our, our line struggling. So we use Rajay to block some in, in some of the blockage games, obviously. And, and I guess, you know, obviously that's an important part of it. Um, you know, what do you notice from the other backs when they're in there in, in those situations where they're, you know, it's a passing play but the backs in the block. Um, and and what are your thoughts on Camara Edmonds? Because every time I see Edmonds touch the ball, like him. he he runs. You know, he, he doesn't have the explosiveness, but he runs hard. He he does not give up on a play. He's strong. He's very strong, and uh, he does seem to be hard to bring down. And I, I'm I'm with you on that too. More more. I've actually been more impressed with Edmonds this year than I have Gunn, which has really surprised yeah. me. Um, but I, based on what I've seen, I want to see more Edmonds and more Gerald Green, and you know, again, run some speed option with Gerald Green. Try to get him on the perimeter with his speed, and see yep. what you can do. Guys, um, another question I had, and help me out on this. It doesn't look if it if it is happening. It doesn't seem like it's been a lot. We have so much talent at running back. They were talking about early in the year uh, running to a two back set. I'm not seeing. And we did it yesterday. We did it yesterday. Okay, I didn't see it. All right. We did just. I, I don't remember. I, we did it a couple of times. I don't remember if we had much success or any success with it. I remember one time we ran something out of it, or we were getting ready to run something out of it, and a timeout got called. And I can't remember if we went back to it. But yeah, I, I, we saw. I saw it a couple of times yesterday. Matt, yeah, do you remember any plays more. in particular out of the two back set? Yeah, I mean, I remember a few where we would start in a uh, a two back set and then motion one of the backs out. Right, uh, a little bit. You know, you saw that a few times yesterday, and uh, you know, 
one of the things we used to do really well under Lincoln was we would motion a back into the slot and that back would essentially leak straight up the middle of the field and he'd be matched up with a linebacker. Um, oh, well, yeah. And you, and you would see that occasionally. So, yeah, I mean, you could definitely do some creative, creative stuff with two backs, um, but whatever gives you the best chance to succeed, I'm for it. Yeah, I mean, short passes, anything that you can get them, like Kyle talked about, like you got and, and uh, you talked about too with Gerald Green. I mean, we have talent. There's no question that's probably the best room we have is running back as far as depth. And that's why, and coach talked about having so many backs because of his style of offense and guys that are uh, getting hurt so much. But I wanted to ask you guys, this is something that's bothering me a couple of weeks, not in a bad way, but just um, I haven't been confident enough to ask the question, but do you guys think gun is not hundred percent? He doesn't seem uh, to be, well, he was injured earlier in the year. Yeah. So, um, no, I don't think he is, or he'd be getting more carries, I'm assuming. I, I don't know. I, I I don't see the production out of Raji. I, again, the only thing I can think of is he's a better blocker than the rest of them. Um, and, and this is not because we have anything against Raji Harris. I want to make it very clear. I just wonder why we haven't seen more of the other backs, Matt. It's just a two-man show now. Just down to you and me, Matt. Yeah, I mean, I don't get it either, Kyle. I really don't. It's one of the long uh, – I'll add that to the list of items that have uh, confused me this year when watching this football team. You know, another one beyond that, you're just talking about personnel and how you use it. I, I, you, I really think you have to move Parker Moore back to the right side. Um, he has just struggled big time at left tackle. He's played right tackle his entire career. He played it at West Virginia. He played it here last year. He hasn't been able to make that transition to left tackle. Um, I would try to maybe shuffle. Th- really, what do you have to lose by shuffling things around a little bit on the O-line? Um, and maybe give somebody else a shot at left tackle because just so many breakdowns on the edge um, coming from the tackles. And, you know, you got to shore that up. But it's just getting your personnel in the right spots. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. I don't understand why. You know, I don't I don't know what our other options are at left tackle. You know, we, we we talked about it the other week. You know, we switched up a center because the other center, I'm horrible with names, uh, play left tackle. I, I don't know. I'm with Urkel, you, though. Yeah. Urkel, yeah. So, I, I I don't know. Um, He's obviously more comfortable at right tackle. You would think there would be an option to put, you know, <laughs> maybe we just switch right tackle and left tackle around. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think by moving him to left tackle, you almost weaken two positions because yeah. he was more effective at right tackle. So, you know, at least you sure up not I, I wouldn't say sure it up as if he's, you know, an NFL all pro player there, but he was more effective there. And and then at left tackle, you could experiment with some young guys if you have to. You know, I, I'm all for it at this point because we're not going bowling. Um, you have to look at this as, you know, you want to get the win, don't get me wrong, but you also have to prepare for the future a little bit. Yeah, and it, and he's going to have to win some games. So, uh, you know, that, that's where he's – but if what he's doing ain't working anyway, um, you might as well go ahead and try to prepare for the future one at the same time. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, we have some young freshman uh, tackles that maybe, you know – I. You know how I feel about redshirting in 2023. I would not hesitate to 
pull the red shirt from those guys and get them playing if, if they're able to do so. No, I was going to say, I think, you know, unless just the guy isn't going to be productive, um, to me, redshirting anymore is just pointless. It's beyond pointless. I, I don't know why anybody would redshirt anybody anymore unless they're just not ready to go yet. So, I, Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Kyle, what do you think about um, – I know you're, you know, you're feeling a little more optimistic. Yeah, trying to be. Tulane coming in here next week. You know, what, what are your thoughts on that game? Um, I know you're feeling, uh, you know, like if we play well, we, we might have a chance to pull the upset. I think if we play our best game of the year, it, you think of Cincinnati 2018, just out of the blue where we almost, you know, upset them when they were highly ranked. Uh, I think Tulane, the last few weeks, their defense has struggled, uh, particularly against the pass um, out of the blue. Um, I think um, they, they they look like they're, they're trending down a little bit that, Somebody is going to beat them. Um, so I think it could be a combination of things, them playing their worst football game overlooking ECU. Um, this is their second straight road game. Uh, so they just played at Rice. To, they only beat by two points. Rice took them all the way down the wire. Um, so you come in here, it's a second straight road game. Maybe you're overlooking the Pirates. You, you sleepwalk through the game, um, make some mistakes. The Pirates, you know, maybe take some positive momentum on offense into that game, make some plays early. Um, the defense should now feel challenged that they're the ones that let us down this week, more so than the offense. Not the offense was perfect by any means, but the defense has been carrying us. So we we can't afford them to have a week off, so maybe they feel challenged this week. And plus, you're, having, you're playing a top 25 team. Um, you're playing a team that, that beat you last year. Down in New Orleans, they're top 25. They beat, um, you know, USC in, in the Cotton Bowl. They're 22nd in the nation. Uh, you, you've got one win. You've got nothing to lose. Um, you're going to be fired up for this one. Tulane's not going to be fired up. I, I'm, I'm doubting it. Um, so, you know, there's a chance, man, that if we can really play our best game of the year, execute on offense, I think this is going to be the first week where Flynn feels like it is truly his job He's not going to have anybody looking over his shoulder. Um, you know, who knows? I, I, but it also wouldn't shock me if we come out and the offense stinks it up again and, the uh, and, you know, and, and we get beat, you know, 42 to 7. It wouldn't shock me one bit. But uh, I, I do think everything lines up nicely for a potential upset. I, I, I look at games each week, and if I was, if I was a, 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 a non – biased fan looking at this game this is one that would stick out to me just a little bit and go uh, kind of like uh virginia and north carolina two weeks ago um this is one that would that would stick out to me a little bit is a what if like i see i inspired everybody for, with with comments with that one um <laughs> <laughs> I, I think i forgot i was on mute for a second i was sitting there talking and uh yeah <laughs> I think you make some great points, Kyle. I, I really do. What hey, do you think, uh, you know, Right now, you know, the two – Tulsa is a winnable game, in my opinion. Man, if, if Tulsa – look, Tulsa, Tulsa, Tulsa looks – I didn't like that hire. I, I, I didn't, and the beginning of the year, they play, they've gotten worse as the season goes. Uh, if Tulsa keeps trending like they've been trending – um, we better beat them. Uh, to me, that ain't shit. To me, if you don't beat Tulsa, 
uh, yeah, you, you, you can fire him that night. Um, that's how bad they're playing right now. So, and that's in Greenville. Um, so to me, it's that one. Can you get one more? Can you get one more? Can you Tulane, FAU, Navy? So if you can get if you can get three and nine, I'm all for giving him another year and let's try to get this fixed. I'm not gonna be happy, but I'm okay with you know making changes on the offensive staff and giving him another year. So the question is Tulsa and who else? And uh, the two lanes sure would be a sexy one. That 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 could make a lot of these losses a lot more stomachable, palatable, however you want to say, a lot more easy to stomach, a lot more palatable. Um, if you could somehow upset the Green Wave. What do you think the attendance is going to be, guys? Like for this week, I think the max. You know, is is I I think it's supposed to be nice weather. Um, I think max thirty thousand, probably twenty five twenty five thousand would be my guess. Yeah, I, I would say so. I would yeah. say so. If you can get twenty five thousand people in the seats, that's probably about what I would expect. Um, you know, based on the product that we're seeing, you know. ECU attendance historically, once you hit November, November drops significantly. Um, and then yep. you throw in the, the one and seven record. It's not a great recipe for success. So 25,000 is a, a good prediction. I would just call some everybody. And I know everybody's going to say, Kyle, you're talking about firing him. But I'm just going to call some everybody. If you're not there and we pull the upset, you're going to wish you were there. Yeah, especially when maybe the two, the complimentary football, the offensive and defensive side of the balls, Plays better. And how about special teams, Matt? Because uh, Conrad did get a 51-yarder. I was really happy about that. And um, I think he uh, – I think Y'all special teams – inside, Dave. I know that. I know that. But still, <laughs> still the year um, that we've had, um, he had missed one. What was a 52-yarder he had already missed? Yeah. And and the short one. Uh, no, yeah. no, this game. He only he only yesterday or, or or last week. I mean. Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he only missed yeah. a long one against. Uh, but that's what I talk about when you talk about plugging. You know, you plug one hole, another one's yeah. over. It's always something. It's right. If if it's not, you know, you, you go back to even go back to NC State last year. You know, you play a great game defensively, very solid offensively, and then your kicking game lets you down. In addition to conservative coaching. Um, couldn't, couldn't let that one slide. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just, it's always, it's always something every week. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I hope everybody does, you know, stay interested, stay angry. Look, don't let apathy sit in, but don't sit there and go, cause that's what I feel is happening. Uh, don't sit there and go, well, we are not going to win any more games. Well, we might, we, we might turn the season around still. You never know. Can't go to a bowl, but who knows? Maybe we win our last three in a row before Atlantic Navy Tulsa. You know, have get a lot of positive momentum. Uh, if you're mad after the loss, stay mad. Demand changes. The demand, you know, don't accept one and eleven if that happens, or even two and ten if the other wins over Tulsa. You know, demand changes, but don't just sit there and become apathetic. Um, anger, anger, anger doesn't kill football programs. Apathy does. Uh, do not become apathetic. Do not accept losing. Well. You know, the one thing I'll say about football, as bad as we've played at times this year, guys, college football, more than any other sport, I'm telling you, more than any other sport, more than basketball, more than any pro sport, a great game plan and coaching can affect the outcome of the game. Uh, I, I truly believe that. Um, 
And it's also an emotional game. If you have one team that's dialed in, that's completely committed to the game, um, playing physical, you know, focused, you can win games in football. And as bad as this team has played, there's no like to your point, you can make an argument that if you play well, you can win any game for the rest of the year. You can yeah. make that argument. Um, so you don't know what's gonna happen, but um you know, it hasn't been pretty so far, but certainly if you come ready to play with a really good game plan, you can win any one of these games, but it's going to take a lot. It's going to take, you got to cut down on penalties, the dumb mistakes, and you got to get more physical up front of the offensive line. Desperately. Uh, the, the offensive line is the one thing that I think may keep it from happening. And, um, you know, because you can't, you can't, you can't fix what you ain't got. And um, sometimes I just don't think we have the talent in the line. It's that simple. So I, uh, you know, uh, that that could be what keeps us from doing something in the second half of the season. You take a look at Tulane uh, defensively; they're giving up twenty and a half a game. Uh, obviously, that's an excellent stat. There, uh, you have they're giving up just three hundred and thirty-three yards of offense per game. And but what about the last two weeks, Bob? Well, this is eye opening. Uh, they're they're only giving up uh, seventy nine yards per game on the ground, just two point eight yards per carry. So, it uh, with the way we have not run the football uh, with any success to mount anything, uh, it's going to be. I would expect the game plan to be very similar to what it was yesterday, which I think is good. Um, do you have their stats for the last two games? Because the last two games they've given up a lot of points. And it, and it really has taken everything they could to, to win the last couple. Yeah, and the yardage that they allowed, I don't. They must have given Rice some short fields um, in that game yesterday. They led twenty-seven to seven at halftime, and let's see, Rice just had two hundred and seventy-one yards of offense, eighty-two rushing, one eighty-nine passing. Wow! And so turnovers, yeah. huh? Three really now? No, it really wasn't even turnovers. Because that's what I thought. I was like, well, I, they must have had at least two or three turnovers. I think they had. So punter suck. They, they had one interception and and no lost fumbles. So. This but, is, uh, what was then, the average starting position for Rice in the second half? Do you know? I don't know. I have to. I'd have to look that up. Because that doesn't make any sense. You can't even figure out how Rice made it to close games. Well, I hadn't had a chance to dive into. Yeah, I know, it. I know. But what you're just telling me, you, it doesn't. It, it must have been a field position thing where, yeah, where you know they had some short fields. Yeah, I'm just curious if Rice, excuse me, if Tulane's punter sucks or if it was a bunch of three and outs. I'm curious to what happened. And the previous week, I, I believe it was against North Texas. They yeah, also had a very against close game. North Texas. North Texas did have um, significantly more success, at least in turn, you know, as far as yardage, 426 yards, 343 of that 426 came through the air. So if the upset is going to happen or we're going to you know, have a chance to uh, upset them with a, a close game into the fourth quarter, then Alex Flynn is going to need to do what he did against Rice and, and then against UTSA with 250 plus through the air, I'll be I'll be stunned if we have a chance if that does not occur. Agree, 100. percent 
Um, it was uh, what's Tulane uh, doing on the other side of the ball offensively? How many points are they averaging per game scoring? Give me one moment. Uh, they're averaging thirty point six and total yardage four oh six. Okay, and they're they're throwing for two thirty four and running for one seventy two. So so very balanced, and uh, they. They've um, grown five picks as opposed to um, their secondary producing or defense producing 10. And then I'm liking the upset less and less all the time, though. Yeah. (laughs) They have lost eight fumbles and um, they they forced five fumble recoveries. So, uh, or had five fumble recoveries. So there you have what, uh, 15 turnovers forced and then. 13 turnovers committed. So. Okay, so they do turn the ball over a little bit. And then, um, yeah, the opponents are converting just 35% of their third downs. Meanwhile, Tulane's converting uh, 43.5% of their third downs. It's really surprising to me. None of their scores this year have really blown me away, you know, that you're I right. can remember. And, uh, you're right, uh, you're right, Kyle. And oh, um, no. they, they have produced 22 sacks, so. In addition to being very stout against the run, I mean, you know, holding opponents to 78.9 per game on the ground, that has to – I'll look and see where that ranks nationally, but it, it has to be top 10 or 15, I would say. And then and then uh, 22 sacks, so they're yeah, in eight nah. games. Not, not, not quite three sacks per game. Forget what I said about the uh, – So, you know – Odds are, <laughs> I, I'd be a little surprised <laughs> based on what yeah, we've wow. seen if they can't, if they don't make it one, one dimensional. And, yeah, we're uh, 46 minutes into the show and all of a sudden went from, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll stand, yeah, so God damn it. Well, sorry, excuse me for that one. I don't really apologize for Kelsey, but trying to say that. I, uh, the, the, that, uh, the, those stats are just, when you hear them, you're like, oh, it, it just, it makes you want to throw up when you see them. When you hear how good they are, then you compare it to our stats and, and uh, you know, I just just takes all the wind out of my sails about the up. I, I don't even understand how their scores have been, well. The particularly with the Rice game, I, I I don't even when you look at the stats for that game, the, the brief synopsis that we just had, I'm still trying to figure out how in the world Rice made it a two point game. Emmanuel Paul, he makes a great point here, guys. He says Tulane is going to be a difficult task uh, without special teams or defensive points. And I'm at, the reason I brought that up, uh, I was going to ask you. Uh, I was going to ask you, Matt and Bubba and Kyle. Uh, it seems like the recipe this week is not only that we talked about penalties, but also, uh, like Emmanuel says, with uh, you know, like we had the pick six and the if we can get any kind of uh, like Kyle was talking about earlier this week, I mean, earlier this week, earlier in the show about uh, pressure on the quarterback, Matt, how do we get that where we can a scoop and score the you know, the pick six or just an interception in general? Uh, how do we get? Uh, that for the defensive side of the ball, maybe they'll wake up this week. Well, if you can if you can get pressure off of the edge and you force the quarterback into some uncomfortable positions, you know that that's typically what you can get. I mean, but it does take some pressure up front, and you know you have to really um, disguise your looks. You know, so in other words, you know, prior to the snap, you know, you might show cover three, and then. You know, at the last second, you switch into a different coverage. You have a lot, a ton of pre-snap movement. 
Um, those are the things for a quarterback that can really throw you off. Pre-snap movement is huge um, just to kind of give different looks. But that quarterback down there, he's very disciplined. He's probably seen just about anything you can throw at him at this point. So it's going to be hard to, to get him to make those kind of mistakes. But, you know, stranger things have happened. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I've got myself all fired up now. I've just had a win. It's just completely taken down. <laughs> Kyle, that was right. one of the classic moments on the show. So <laughs> Kyle was feeling so great about our yeah. chances, and Bubba comes in. It's like... Bubba, Bubba comes in. He reads off some stats, and then Kyle came back defeated, man. I don't know. I don't know about our chances. <laughs> well, you know that very thing is we're talking about razor thin, but Bubba – with the kicking game and special teams, I know, like Emmanuel said, uh, the the defensive points. Uh, that's uh, when you're looking at every part of the game. I mean, in Matt, uh, you were talking about uh, we fix one problem, we you know another one's created, or all of a sudden it's like a whack a mole kind of thing where you knock one down and the other one pops up. But there's got to be a point with this team. You were talking about consistency, Matt. I want to bring you in, Bubba. There's got to be a point of this team where they do have a complete game, don't you think? I mean, they're still playing hard. There is talent there. It's just like there's like these flashes, bright spots, and then it's back to reality. So maybe there's a game where Saturday is a perfect chance to get it together. Go ahead, Bubba. Yeah, actually, I was going to go back to um, to what Kyle was curious uh, of how Rice kept it close. I um, brought up the, the drive chart for the Rice Owls against Tulane yesterday. And uh, what it was, Kyle, you know, it was largely extreme uh, inconsistency. Um, much like we had against App State, uh, they had three excellent drives, and that was about it. So they, So Rice had three plays, six yards, seven for 82. Three for negative eight, three for for zero, eight for twenty-three, twelve for seventy-five, two for three, three for two, six for seventy-five, and then one for eight. So okay, so what yeah. inevitably happens? It sounds like Tulane's they had four touchdown drives, and three off. of those touchdown drives were seventy-five yards yeah. or more. And then the other one, they uh, must have forced a yeah, they had a pick, and they took over like the plane three. Okay, so uh, we're going to have to take care of the football and we get in the red zone. We're going to have to take advantage of any opportunities we get, basically. Um, you know, well, go ahead, Kyle. Sorry. Or the explosion plays. You, 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 how, many, how, many, how many plays were those scoring drives, Bubba? It, seven for 82, 12 for 75, and six for 75. Yeah, okay. So we're gonna have to drive the ball on them. It sounds like, uh, and I'm getting I'm feeling left. Uh, of those four touchdowns, I'm at. So um, the last one was a 35-yard touchdown pass to to Luke McCaffrey. Okay. The you had a four-yard touchdown pass, a three-yard run, and a five-yard run. So. So all the all the touchdown plays were you know five or six yards or less, with the exception of the thirty-five yard touchdown pass halfway through the fourth quarter. Yeah, I'm really curious sometimes how Rice almost lost to us and lost to UConn. Uh, I, you know, I, when you really look at the way they played in all their other games, 
Um, I guess Daniel's being injured. Maybe had something to do with it for those two weeks. But I don't know, man. I the more and more I hear, the less and less optimistic I am about this game. I and I, you know, I hope we show more progress and maybe you know going into the last three we can get hot. And I do think Florida Atlantic, Tulsa, Navy are all beatable if we continue to show progress. But um, man, this is this is frustrating. You try to be positive, and um, you can't even get through one show, and then reality hits you in the face. <laughs> well, maybe this is the week that uh, we're all surprised. With we'll see, we'll see. I all right. Let's see. Uh, let's go to Irving. Says this is for you, Matt. Uh, Coach Logan used to say on his radio shows when he went through losing patches, the players need to uh, get sick. And tired of losing, and the team needs to develop a heartbeat. Applicable, applicable, easy for me to say. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. You definitely have to get sick and tired of losing. And the thing is, it, it takes all eleven guys on the field. You know, you could have ten guys play perfectly, and then if you have one guy who's breaking down over and over or busting a coverage, you know, it just makes the whole defense look bad or or the offense. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these guys have to find a way to, to be consistent. And, uh, again, to use that word, complementary football, the offense has to play well the same week that the defense plays well. Yep. Uh, and that's what, really what we haven't had. In fact, in uh, Tulane's won 19 out of the last 22. Um, yet yeah, they've had – Close calls, and um, they have the experience of, of uh, doing what they needed to do to win those games. So, you know, after relinquishing leads, um, specifically, uh, especially against North Texas, but um, relinquished a 27 7 lead or came close to uh, doing so yesterday, but were able to hold off the Rice Owls at Rice Stadium. Yeah, Jeff said what we need at this point is our first bad week of practice. That would ensure a win on Saturday. It would stand to be. Love it. be like Scotty Montgomery, where all the all the practices are great. Uh, and Monica says to Shell, uh, "There's no clear leader on the team." Matt, um, Bubba, uh, are there? Is it too late for some guy in the locker room or guys plural to stand up and say, "We're having a team meeting. We're not doing this anymore. We're not making mistakes." anymore is it is that uh is it too late when you're one now one and seven it's so hard to say one and seven um and east carolina football in the same sentence but how do you can you get leadership late in the year you definitely can but it's got to come from i think somebody who has a proven track record and somebody who's performing every week you know i think the one guy that really has impressed me not to say the one guy but somebody who's impressed me this year a lot is Chad Stevens. You know, he's he's been all over the field at times, and he plays very hard. You know, he's a guy I see a lot of emotion from him from on defense. You know, I don't know if he's he's vocal like that in the locker room, but it's going to take somebody like that to, to kind of step up. You know, when I played at East Carolina, we had a ton of leaders on our defense. Morris Foreman, the Hart Twins, guys like, you know, Mark Libiano. Uh, those guys were very vocal very vocal, like never stop talking in practice or in the locker room. So it does take guys like that. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, who would that be on offense? I, the most consistent player I think we've had on offense is so well. And, you know, he's new to the program, so I don't see how he could insert a leadership role. But there really isn't a lot of senior leadership on that offensive side of the ball. 
So somebody's going to have to step up, and and uh, you would like for it to be your quarterback. Um, and maybe now that Flynn, I, I think, will be solidified as a starter for the rest of the season, um, maybe he, uh, maybe he, uh, he, he does take more of a leadership role with the offense and can command some things from some guys. But he's got to do it himself. Also, you you can't ask your receivers to make plays for you if if you're missing them when they're wide open. And Matt, uh, when it comes to this team, what is there like a? I hate to bring it up, but is there like a breaking point with this team? Or do you? I mean, when we're talking about late in the season, I, I do agree with you guys. I think that uh, every single game left on this on on the schedule is winnable. So it's not like you have Michigan next week. I, I think you have to show continued improvement, Dave. I know you asked Matt, but I, I think the breaking point is if this week, win or lose, we go backwards and we lay another egg like we did against Charlotte, Tulane stomps our ass, I think right. that's the breaking point. I think that's when you could probably say forget it is done. Maybe we beat Tulsa just because they suck worse than we do, but that's even iffy. So I, I think the, the answer to your question is the breaking point is, is you know, when we have another bad game, I think that'll be it. I think, I think at this point in the season, you have to continue to show improvement like last week if you're gonna if you're gonna turn it around, I think another, I think a brother another horrible game like a Charlotte or we get blown out by somebody, I think that's the point of the season where you could probably hang it up on any chance of improvement for the year. Yeah, and another thing too is you know the portal in some ways does keep guys honest. So let's say you're a player that's on this a good team. Point, Matt. Yeah, I mean, let's say you're a player on this team and you're you know you're like, oh man, I've had it. I want to get out of here. I'm going to hit the portal. Well, I'll tell you what, if you blow off the last four or five games of the season and you put bad film out there yeah. where you play lackadaisical, you play lazy, you're not running to the football, yeah. you're not blocking, good luck. So I would have that message in the locker room too if I was the coaches. Like I would actually talk about that in meetings. You know, that really? you have to have I would. I absolutely would. And because you have to you have to challenge yourself to play at this level every single day. And um, listen, if you're thinking about leaving, you better continue to play as hard as you can, because if you want our recommendation or our referral, um, you know, you better play hard. So I wouldn't be afraid to talk yep. about it. And then there's a comment from Monica. What's up, Monica? Uh, you're playing for the legacy you leave. One in 11 is not the story you want. Absolutely. No. That's a great point. Yeah, that, that's a great point when you're talking about, I was going to talk about the portal with the, uh, the O-line, too, Matt, uh, since you brought out the portal and you're our portal expert here on the sports objective here on the Pirate Football Playback tonight um, being Sunday night. Matt has an apartment in the portal. <laughs> I love the portal. <laughs> uh, no doubt about it. And, Matt, you, uh, the, we, we've been talking about Matt it. is a portal nerd. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm glad we have him. Uh, Matt, you've been talking um, agnosium about the offensive line. Even you warned us, and I have to give you credit. I forgot to do it last week. So before we leave tonight, obviously I wanted to give you credit. You warned us about the offensive line. I don't think any of us, including yourself, thought the offensive line would be this bad. And when you have this type of offense with Houston, you've got to have an offensive line. And so my question to you is, I know that you and I have talked about it off air and on air about, some of these guys wouldn't even be starting, right? But um, they are they are what we have. Um, but how do you, as far as a portal goes, um, we know how difficult it is to recruit offensive linemen to get them to East Carolina as far as a portal is concerned. 
how do you get these guys here? Because we obviously know if that's, I believe that is our, the biggest Achilles heel. And that's how we fix our program is to get better offensive linemen. I'd look at the junior college ranks. I think it's too hard to get up as linemen out of the portal unless you're a power five school. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's more competitive than ever, you know, um, definitely, I think I think Kyle makes a really good point on JUCO ranks because a lot of people have moved away from JUCO so they could just poach from the portal. Um, you know, I think you have to continue to recruit. You know, here's the thing, right? Recruit bounce backs, uh, bounce back players. So these kids that you recruit hard out of high school that are like four stars that choose to go to, you know, Florida State and wherever, you know, you have a chance to get those guys back in the portal. Um, I think that's, you know, another thing is, you know, one of the, we don't really recruit or have a lot of players on our roster from Eastern North Carolina. And I think you have to do a better job recruiting Eastern North Carolina, trying to keep people home. Um, and and then the the, the final thing is NIL, you know, the NIL is going to play a vital role in this moving forward. Um, not to get off onto the whole topic of NIL, because we could go down that rabbit hole for two hours. (laughs) But um, at some point, we are going to have to um, start. If we're going to compete, we are going to have to pay people. And I was going to mention that uh, if you haven't heard the Patrick Johnson show from Wednesday, guys, um, Coach Logan talked about that. It's very simple. Um, In fact, uh, Robert uh, puts it up here. Let's put that Robert's comment. He says, NIL, how about 25,000 per offensive lineman? Um, the play, the, the sto- moral of the story is that whether we like NL or not, we got to get over the fact of, I was talking to, uh, some other ECU folks, uh, this past end of the week, we got to get over ourselves about this is the way that college football is going. And before well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something, Dave, I don't mean to step on your, your no. point, but it's, 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 it's to do with your point. Um, the 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 Boneyard Collective. How well is it being promoted by the university? Uh, how how much are they allowed to promote a collective? And then and then media partners. You know, I, nobody we promote the Boneyard Collective on our own. Nobody from the Boneyard Collective has asked us to there or even or even thanked us that I know of for promoting it. And you know, is it, Pirate Radio promoting the Boneyard Collective because the Henning the Hintons are so involved with it? I, I don't know if that they are or not. I haven't heard them mention it. You need everybody pointing in one direction yes. to this NIL thing. It, you know, I know the Hintons had a lot to do with starting the collective. If you don't like the Hintons, go start another collective, and we'll get behind it too. But there needs to be a solid direction with this Boneyard Collective, and the people that are behind it need to be asking us to promote it. They need to be getting with Pirate Radio about them promoting it and being involved in it. The university, if they can promote it, should be promoting it. I mean, why are we not, you know, people talking yeah. NIL, NIL, NIL. What do we have to even people even know where the hell to give? Yeah, well, I was going to say the uh, very fact is, I know he hadn't talked about several months ago that for AAC, or AAC school, that we needed to raise at least a million dollars a year. Well, I think uh, being that our fans are so passionate, if we truly were all on one page and got behind it, uh, Matt and Bubba and Kyle, I believe that we could raise three or four million because we have the donors out there. We have the folks that that are the regular people that take a shower after work. It doesn't matter. It does not matter if you can only. And I told you guys this before. I can only give fifty dollars a month. That's all I can give um, to the. You collective. join the Boneyard Collective for as little as ten dollars a month, right? And that's what I was going to say. How Kyle. many people know that? How many people know that? 
I bet it, very it, little. It, it, it's not it's not promoted worth a damn. You're right because because all ECU media they don't even we do it on our own. We promote it. Uh, again, to my knowledge, it's not promoted at all on Pirate Radio. Maybe it is. If it is, somebody correct me, and I'll quit saying it ain't. How many uh, people on this are? I'll, I'll let's do a poll really quick. The people uh, watching on Facebook and uh, YouTube. How many of you guys know about not only Team Boneyard, but how to give and that you could give as little as ten dollars a month? You know, or, or now, what the website is, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I, I don't know. How, how close are they? How how do the rules work? How how aligned can the university be with promoting it? Can the university it depends say, on hey, give the team Boneyard? Um, can, can the Pirate Club? You know how how closely are they working with Team Boneyard? How closely can they work with Team Boneyard? I like this. Uh, hey, Mo- let's put up Monica's comment. Uh, Does anybody know about the park? Nobody. Okay, Bub, are you familiar with those rules? Uh, let me. While we're waiting on Bubba, Monica says EC needs a person in place. Who is the director of NIL? Do we have? Do we have that? We need to have something like Clemson's um, IPTE program, where you pay ten dollars. And agreed, Monica. Like that, we talk about well, IPTE, Clemson's IPTE. That's that's their version of the Pirate Club, right? I'm not sure what Clemson's collective is. I'll see. How well, closely can 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 your booster club work with your NIL, Bob? Can the Pirate Club promote Team Boneyard? Where in North Carolina, the way to answer that, Kyle, as far as other states, very I know state for to state. That's another thing that drives me crazy. I'll say this and come back to it in a second. It needs to be national rules, not state to state, um, because it's so confusing. One state allows you to do this. And in Texas, Kyle, to your point, Texas was passing this summer, and I didn't hear if they uh, officially did, where, in other words, the Pirate Club could actually be a collective where you could say, okay, um, we're in the right, Pirate Club. That, that's, not, that's not really my question. Oh, okay. Can the Pirate Club promote Team Boneyard? I have heard Ryan Robinson. Um, briefly um, talk about you know team boneyard and you know showing some appreciation for what the the hintons and other others involved well we um, need to quit look i'm going to tell you the hinton name is divisive and 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 i thank the hintons for 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 starting team boneyard okay but we 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 we, we need to just we we, we got to get everybody involved and, and that includes the people at pirate radio and so the hintons and the people of Pirate Radio need to get together with Team Boneyard. And, and the Pirate Club, if they can promote Team Boneyard, need to be promoting it. But they can't even promote their own effing Pirate Club worth of crap. So, you know, I, I don't – in terms of that whole thing, it, that it's just it's, – it's a goofy mess. You know, how often how, – you people out there in, in, in podcasting land that are listening live on YouTube and Facebook, how many of y'all are contacted by phone by the Pirate Club uh, to be asked to give them more? And how about Team Boneyard? The people running Team Boneyard, uh, have whoever you know the, the collective behind it. Have you got people on the phones contacting every member of the Pirate Club asking them to join Team Boneyard personally? I mean, what are we doing? We got our yeah. fingers up our ass relying on the same ten people to do everything. That's you. You stole my thunder, Kyle. I was going to say that you uh, you read my mind on that. The same the people that are uh, watching and listening. Uh, there's a lot of people that are, we have the best fans uh, listening and watching, obviously, that are dedicated to the program, but we've got to reach beyond the friendlies. we got to reach beyond. There's so many people out there that are never asked, and then when it comes to Team Boneyard, 
if people, you know, like it's a narrative, if people kept saying Team Boneyard, Team Boneyard, you've got to give, you got to give. And the problem, I think, with Team Boneyard is, again, I think some people don't like the people behind it. And you got to get past that. It's going, I don't even know that, you know, it's going to ECU. I don't even think it's – I don't even think that people know about Team Boneyard and who is behind Team Boneyard, to be And honest. I think part of – I think, well, I think, I think the people that know about it knows about it. The problem is the other people that don't know anything about it. Right. All right, and here, uh, Bleeding Purple and Gold said, I'm currently giving to Team Boneyard, but we do need Thank direct you. messaging and a shepherd to herd the flock. Amen, Bleeding Purple and Gold. Thank you for yeah, that. Hire Bubba. Team Boneyard, you want to hire Bubba? <laughs> let, let Bubba do that shit for you. He'll call everybody. If Bubba can quit his job. I agree. If Bubba yeah. can quit his job, <laughs> y- y'all pay him whatever he makes as a teacher. Give, give him a five-year contract so he knows he ain't going to be in and out. He'll he'll stay on the phone every damn day calling every member of the Pirate Club, anybody who's ever watched a Pirate football game, anybody who's ever said ARG, I guarantee to you, hire Bubba. I, and by the way, I, I nominated him for the executive committee, so Colin, so did I. Uh, both of us did, so uh, nominate Bubba for the executive committee. Yes, yeah, so you, if you're a Pirate Club member, check your email. You should have an email from the Pirate Club asking you to nominate for the executive committee. Nominate Bubba Rosenbaum. We well, need, aren't we need you kind? Help. Aren't you kind? Yeah, well, that's <laughs> seriously. Well, 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 I mean, yeah, good luck. Good luck finding anyone more capable to get that job done. Exactly. Bubba. So I just knew Kyle, you would get that reference. <laughs> I, I did. I already signed. I did. I did. All right. So here's another one. Bleeding Purple Gold uh, says, We need all of Pirate Nation. If every unique season ticket holder, uh, 5,000 gave $50 per month, we would raise $3 million per year. And that's before big donors jump in. Exactly, bleeding purple and gold. That's and, exactly and, and, the and, point. And, and, and don't even put a cap on it. Don't, don't, don't say if you can only give ten, if you can only give twenty, if you only give right. five. Exactly. Just, just give, just give what you can. You know, fifty's great, but some people can't afford to get fifty a month. Some people are maxed out. But if you can't afford to give ten a month, you know, call me. Call me. I'll, I'll, I'll give you some food. Netflix and uh, Hulu calls yeah, for your damn Netflix. I'm about, I'm going to cancel that for $16.99 a month. It's Peacock going up for $5.95. Come on, man. Exactly. Guys, I ran some numbers today about this. I really think if we can get to $2.2 million annually, which I, I realize is no easy task, especially when we're trying to get an IPF built. I mean, which is just a huge, it's just dragging over our head, right? The, the indoor practice facility is like a black cloud. Just build it for what we can. Build it for what, build, but, build it for what we have now. Do it the best you can and, 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 and quit trying to make the nightest, this indoor practice facility on the East coast. Yes, that's right. And, you know, I came to this $2.2 million number annually because, you know, you look at what SMU is doing, for example, well, you have 85 scholarship players. If you paid, I, I, what I propose is you pay the top 70 because some of those scholarships are going to go to walk-on players, et cetera. I don't think you have to play, pay everybody on the roster. But if you can pay the top 70, $25,000, $26,000 a year, all right, that will also leave money to pay a high-profile quarterback or maybe you right. want to bring in an offensive tackle. You have to find a way to get to $2.2 million annually. And I think that will make you a very competitive football team. If we can't do that, if we can't compete, we're going to have to drop to the Sun Belt and be able to poach uh, non-qualifiers. That's going to be the the future for East Carolina. If we can't compete with the NIL, 
we're going to have to be able to recruit non-qualifiers again. Or you could just basically, you know, we have, you also have to have competent coaching too. Absolutely. But if we have the, but at the same time, agreed. But if we had, like you said, Matt, the 2.2, I, I put it up there to three um, because uh, I want to be, have the edge when it comes to the American, but we say we want to compete for championships, Maybe. right? Yeah. We, we say we want to do that. And we know that we know what we have to do. The question is, instead of talking about it, how do we get there? We got to have good leadership to get us there that puts it all together. And, and that's, and that's what we don't have. We, we have an athletic director who is good at making hires. I will say as far as coaches go, he has so far with most of the coaches he's hired. So if we do have to terminate Mike Houston, I do trust him to make a good hire. Don't disappoint me there. Um, but I, I don't think we have good leadership in the Pirate Club. I don't think that the Boneyard um, um, collective, collective is, um, is being promoted well enough um, beyond their own media. Um, you know, we do it, you know, because we want to. Uh, they, they haven't asked us to, to my knowledge. And, they, and I, I'm, you know, I don't know if they've thanked us, but I'm not asking for a thank you. I think everybody should want what's best for East Carolina. Yep. Um, so but we have to, we have to have good leadership. We, we, everybody has to be going in the same direction. That's why I say, no matter how tough it is, if we go one and 11, we have to make a change because you're going to have to have people excited and everybody going in the same direction to be willing to give. Matt said he spoke with multiple donors last night, big donors that said they would not give if, if, you know, if, if we go one and 11 and Matt's retained, Matt's retained. We're going to keep Matt. If he's <laughs> Please retain me. Hey, yes. um, guys, Matt Redmond says $2.5 million a year in NIL and the indoor practice facility will take care of itself. I think so, too, Matt. I think there's uh, – I agree. I, I agree with that. I think there's enough people out there um, that, like I said, look at all the – hey, guys, look at – I know we well, What he means is if you put the money in, it will win, and then people right. are more willing to donate, and the indoor practice facility will take care of itself. I agree with you 100%. Yeah, we'll buy we'll buy Matt's contract out for three hundred dollars to pay him three hundred to go away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Listen, I, if you, we keep him, we pay him three hundred and fifty dollars. So we're freeing up fifty yeah, bucks. Wait a minute, Matt. Matt's going to leave us because he can get a better deal on another podcast that hates us. So, yeah. so I have we'll, a few offers on the table, Bubba. Bubba, you better pay up, buddy. Transfer portal. You said you had. Kyle says you have as, a as the, as the boneyard the has portal. the boneyard podcast been contacted you, Matt. Fellas, I can't reveal. You're gonna have to talk to my agent for a statement. Oh you know, man, I can't oh, man. reveal that kind of stuff. Is, is it the Boneyard Park? Is it Igo? Is Pirate Radio eyeing you? I mean, what what, what 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 is it? I mean, we we, we got to make if we don't if we don't perform as a podcast, I'm gonna have to find the best opportunity for myself, you know. And that's that's all I'm gonna say, right? You're not that's getting the younger, say. right, Matt? You're not getting I need the some younger. NIL. I need well, some well, 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 Matt, I'll just, I'll just, have, I'll just, I'll just have to tell you as I, as I would if you were one of my players. I say, Matt, you're a hell of a player, and I, and I, and I, and I hope we can meet your expectations. But if we don't meet your expectations, then get your ass on out of here. Um, <laughs> but Matt, seriously, you're a former player. Bubba's a former player. Like, is there a certain amount? You know, I, I know you said like I get what you're saying about uh, the twenty five thousand because Logan made a great point. Uh, let me go back to that real quick. On Patrick Johnson, he said, "Man, can you imagine if I were coaching? If I had NIL, I tell you what I would do. I'm paraphrasing. He said, I would get a big donor. I'm gonna call a big donor. I'm giving. Uh, I'm gonna tell that donor I need five hundred thousand dollars. Okay. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna call every single one of the big schools that have a backup quarterback. 
that's a really good quarterback just sitting there wasting time. If it's Georgia, Alabama, he started naming all the big, you know, the big schools you would think about, the national championship schools. And he said, I'm going to call him. I'm going to give him $500,000. I'll tell him about the NIL deal. And I would guarantee them to start. Like, in other words, he would obviously, Logan knows better than I'll ever will with a quarterback. But how do you guys feel about that? Is that what we need to do as far as not only the offensive line, but our quarterback situation? I mean, I don't know if $500,000 is going to get the top backup quarterback at Alabama or Ohio State. I don't know, maybe. Um, but That's I, a lot of cash. I'll take I, it I, got, I get what you're saying. Yeah, theoretically, if you could do that, that would be great. I mean, that, that would be uh, that would be fantastic. I mean, um, you know, there's been a lot of rumors out there about Logan, you know, in Houston. And apparently, um, you know, and then I hear other people say that, you know, Logan, Houston, really, maybe they wouldn't see eye to eye. But then I hear. You, you hear those rumors, and I, I know that's what you weren't alluded to, but no. um, it made me. You brought it up, and I figured, so why not talk about it? Um, talk about it. Uh, you know, the you know, I go had that post about uh, Logan joining the staff and claims it was just some random post, bull crap. Um, and then, uh, you know, Patrick Johnson after Logan, I forget how the question was worded. Bubba, do you know how that question was worded exactly? It was something I do. It was something to the effect of. Like, would he get back in coaching again? It was a generic question. I didn't hear and he him. Said if, he said yes if the situation was right or what it was. Yeah. Situation. In other words, he what he would look at, here's what he would look to do. It's the same thing he had in Boston College. So what he, he had in his, uh, for people that don't know, when he was at Boston College coming back from the NFL Europe, he said I wasn't he wasn't going to coach anymore. And Boston College uh, came to him and said, here's what we're going to give you. We're going to give you this amount of money. And you do not have to recruit. That was in his contract. I don't care if Logan recruits or not because he can co- he can coach the quarterbacks. If they offered him that, give the man as much money because we desperately need somebody that can come in. I and, mean, there's other good coaches. You, it doesn't have to. Be I know that. Logan. If 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 Houston's retained and and we bring in an OC, I uh, I Matt, you know Logan better than any of us. Um, if Logan knows these rumors are out here, if he has no interest in it, do, is he the type that just let him run anyway? Or do you think he'll come out and squash it? I would think he would squash it. I mean, I I would be shocked. And I, I said this to you the other day, Kyle. I would be shocked if Logan came back to East Carolina in any in any facet. Um, I really would. I mean, just just because of the stage of his career – you know, he had a lot of success here. Um, does he want to put his legacy on the line in 2023? You know, I, I don't know, but I would be I would be shocked um, if there was so any. You, so you, so, I think a lot of that is wishful thinking. By well, the I go I go and Patrick Johnson both work for Henry Hinton, and you didn't know this. Dave will tell you. One of Steve Logan's very best friends in the world is Henry Hinton. Right. They all work together. And, and so to me, this ain't just coincidental bullcrap. Uh, maybe it's wishful thinking on Henry's part, and he's trying to twist Logan's arm. And who the hell knows? Because I know Logan. You know, I, I know how close they are. But uh, and I'm not sure I even want Logan to come back to ECU if, if he wants to. I'm not sure it's what's best for the program. Um, I, I don't know. I, I know he can coach quarterbacks, but I don't know what kind of offensive coordinator he'd be in 2023. I, I, I know. It's... I know he would not want to be involved in recruiting. Um, how how involved would he claims he would want to be involved? Apparently, and um, in, in in the portal stuff, which is interesting because that's recruiting. But it sounds like if, if he could talk to donors, that he'd be interested in working the portal. So I, I don't, I don't know. I, it, it's, I, 
I just find it funny that I go and Patrick Johnson are both stirring this pot um, and they both work for Henry Hinton and Henry and Logan are boys. I just, I'm, I, I, Matt, when I heard the interview, and I'll be honest, guys, because I'm one of the biggest Logan fans. I love Logan. Um, we won a lot of games under Logan. Um, I'm not saying he was perfect by any stretch of the imagination. And I understand when people say like uh, that we maybe need to move forward. I understand that. But at the same time, um, with Logan, you, you do get a lot. You get a guy that understands our culture. You get a guy that knows quarterbacks. And, um, hey, if if we could get, you know, a guy and Logan says, I know um, I'm just throwing this guy out. So don't uh, – well, I'm throwing out an example. So please, nobody take this as a rumor. This is not a rumor. This is just me throwing out an example. Let's say that Bill Clark Holmes says, all right, we, we'll step up and we'll get 500000 or a million dollars. What if we do this? What if we get Bill Clark Holmes to give the money and we literally make – Bill Clark, the head coach. We are the Bill Clark home, <laughs> Bill Clark, with Bill Clark as head coach. That would be genius. That is freak. I had, can't believe I hadn't thought of that. Bubba, Matt, Matt, what do you think? Bill Clark, the former head coach at UAB, that had to retire to get Spinal Fusion. He's doing better. He, I hear he may want to get back into coaching this coming year. Did nothing but win at UAB. What if we get Bill Clark to, to make Bill Clark the head coach? I think it's genius. Yeah, you know, some programs, you know, quite a few programs, you'll go to their uh, their coaching staff and, uh, you, you know, you look on the website, you'll have whatever, insert business, your uh, or family name, a prominent donor, you know, your such and such family head coach. You could have the, uh, the Bill Clark family head coach, Bill Clark. Yeah, I was <laughs> as much as that is a joke. I wouldn't. I, I can get behind that. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing: the uh, they have been a great family. So, and again, I was just throwing out an example as far as let everybody be clear. People hear half of you know of what you say, so that is not a rumor. I just threw out an example. I know Monica said earlier about uh, great businesses in Greenville, um, no doubt about it, and uh, they're one that's uh, definitely stepped up the plate many uh, many times over and over again, but that's the kind of stuff that we need. We need those businesses to give uh, major money. Uh, the Bates Foundation with Cy Seymour. Hey, Cy, we need you, bro. Um, we need those kind of people to not only, uh, in other words, we appreciate all they're doing for the Pirates United, everything else, no doubt about it. But how about uh, getting them to give to the collective? You know, I don't know how much conversation has been had with Mr. Beast, but I would aggravate Mr. Beast. He's another he, one, yes. I, I would aggravate Mr. Beast to the point he would either give to NIL and to the indoor practice facility, or he would have a restraining order against me. If I was in, <laughs> if I was in the role of, of, of Ryan Robinson or either whoever's, you know, but really they, running things in the NIL, I would aggravate him to the point. I mean, he's yeah, a billionaire. Student athletes. You, there's so many things yeah. that he could do with that that would benefit him. You know, you just think about it. You're telling you talking about Deion Sanders. So you got Mr. Beast. You come right. to ECU, and now you get to be in Mr. Beast videos, and you get paid by Mr. Beast. I mean, yeah. he could, it could benefit his brand just as much as it could benefit us. He he would be all over ESPN and Sports Center if yes. Mr. Beast suddenly had an NIL collected with ECU and was paying players to come to Greenville to be Mr. Beast. I mean, 
we, the beast of the East, it just writes itself. Yeah, exactly. And that, and, and the very thing of, I was just going to quickly say, Matt, and I'm going to pitch it to you. I was just going to quickly add to that real quick. Uh, if we had the uh, collective with him and he gives a lot of money, you could actually have, uh, I would put a Mr. Beast patch on the EC uniforms for all our sports because hey, the guy's a billionaire. So why not? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it goes back to to leadership. And, you know, you like to think that we've tried to organize a sit down with Mr. Beast and present, uh, you know, a very compelling case um, for him to participate in ECU athletics and really present a case of what's in it for him. And I do think there's incredible, you know, incredible marketing opportunities you know, ESPN would run with that to your guys' points. Anytime they we had a game live on TV, they would run with that. Name the indoor practice facility after Mr. Beast. Um, I, I don't care what you do. Give him a suite for the rest of his life on the 50-yard line of Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. You do have to try to, you know, present uh, I got and it, sell it. You have to sell it. Somebody actually has to go sell it, though. You know, he does hey, these videos. Great opportunity. You know, last year you heard Pirate fans who attended the game out at BYU and talk about uh, you know, how hospitable the BYU folks were, uh, giving free ice cream uh, to all the Pirate fans. Well, you know, when NC State or, you know, App State next year, when they come to town, we could give them Mr. Beast, these nuts, chocolate bars. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know the thing that was Mr. Thank you, Matt, Bubba. I, um, that was awesome. I, but you know, there, there, there's a, there's another thing about Mr. Beast. He always does these things where he's giving stuff away. Why don't we do something with him? Maybe we've talked to him about it. How about he does something at halftime and he surprises so many pirate fans with whatever? I mean, there's so many things that we could do, right. and that would again be all over. Mr. Beast showed up at halftime at the ECU game and gave away. You know, $100,000 to 10 different fans. I mean, that would be all over Sports Center. I mean, there's, yep. there's so many things he, we could do that would be mutually beneficial to both ECU and Mr. Beast. And he actually is a, a – guys, if you didn't know, he's a baseball player. In fact, he played at Greenville Christian Academy. Uh, that's my understanding. But uh, he was at the uh, regionals and super regionals two years ago. Well, if he's a baseball fan, maybe that's the approach we take with him. Yeah. He's but a baseball obviously, guy. the biggest publicity for him would be through football. Oh, no but doubt. Maybe you have to bring him in through baseball. The, the, however, however you do it, however, whatever it takes. Again, they would have to get a restraining order. It, 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 if, if I were free to you in, in any kind of with the Pirate Club or if I was with the Boneyard Collective, if I had Mr. Beast's contact information, they would have to get a restraining order. I, I wouldn't <laughs> leave him alone until he. Until he either gave or, or I got a restraining order in the mail. Somebody get Mr. Beast this video. Just 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 point out this segment. We're we're begging. Just get on the phone. Forget contacting ECU. Just get on the phone with the four of us, and and, and we'll we'll get it all figured out for you, Mr. Beast. No doubt. I mean, it's, it's when a guy's a billionaire. You mean to tell me that we've got a billionaire by Vince McMahon, and but I think Mr. Beast is more realistic. Because he is in Greenville, and well, Vince is about 150 years old. So he, he he's got some money. I, I would also approach Vince, and I'm assuming we have, but I would approach Vince and say, "Hey, look, you know, you just sold the WWE to a multi-billion-dollar company. Yep. Uh, you 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 you're you're in the twilight of your of your career. You know, you're you know he's 78, I believe. So yeah, he's uh, older than my parents. He, 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 he you know, maybe it's time you gave back a little bit to to uh to the athletic program you know you you like to brand things you know 
just as well if we can have how about this you know the wwe has started something where they're recruiting guys out of college yeah. to NXT. how about you come to ecu and you're a wwe student athlete and you come to ecu yeah. and you're paid and, and and you have a path if you don't go to the nfl you have a path straight to the wwe and you that know, pays I mean, well too there's several things. I, I would, I would Mr. Beast could be the Boone T. Pickens of exactly. Eastern North Carolina. Yeah. I mean, he could be the Boone, the Boone T. Pickens, right? I mean, he would be, yeah. he would be a legend, no doubt. How about this? How about this? Stevie Fly says, "Challenge Vince to a match day versus Vince for one million dollar donation." How about how about this? How about we challenge Miss Vince and Mr. Beast? I'm challenging. In fact, I am. Get it to him. No, Vince and Mr. Beast. I'm challenging you both. I'm challenging you both. Who can give the most? Vince, you like to be the king of everything. You want to be number one. You've beaten all these promoters. Can you beat Mr. Beast? Can you outgive Mr. Beast? Mr. Beast young and hip. Mr. Yeah. Beast is a quarter of your age. Mr. Beast has your key demo that you're trying to get from Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. Can you outdonate Mr. Beast? Mr. Beast or Vince McMahon, which one of you can give the most to East Carolina for NIL for an indoor practice facility? I'm challenging you both. Somebody get him the damn video. Somebody get Mr. Beast, Mr. Beast, and Mr. McMahon this this audio. I'm challenging you both. Who can give the most, Mr. Beast or Mr. McMahon? Are we going to be the WWE University? Are we going to have WWE NIL? Are we going to have WWE indoor practice facility, or is it going to be the Mr. Beast indoor practice facility and Mr. Beast NIL? I challenge you both. Monica's a great salesperson. She said, "Yes, we need a sales leader in charge of that." Sending in my resume, Monica. Please, somebody. Uh, we're talking about leadership. We we are great pirate people. We need to get these folks uh, aware of this because I think that going back to what we've said, oh, I know we're running long, guys, and we'll get out of here soon, but I really believe that it's what Kyle is alluding to, Matt, Bubba. It's literally, it's literally awareness. If we don't have the awareness to the collectives, we need more awareness to Pirate Club. Um, we need to pu be pushing, like, I know, uh, Kyle, I talk about it. If you're a teacher, there's plenty of teachers out there that could give $100 a year, a lot of teachers. Let's have somebody that works in the Pirate Club give. Uh, that's their job. You call every single teacher. You go to every single school. My God, we have Elmhurst. They could crawl to Elmhurst from the Ward Sports Medicine building. There's so many schools just in Greenville and Pitt County alone. I want to see Kyle in a, in a ladder match versus uh, Vince McMahon. That's what I want to see. Pirates. Hey, Winner. I hear Vince. What was I think? Well, I just heard Vince, I swear. Kyle, what do you think of that idea? Ladder match? Steel uh, I think I had to lose Vince? some weight first. I got to have hernia surgery. Um, but uh, you know what? I, I, a ladder match maybe not be my specialty. I'd rather have a street fight. <laughs> Me and Vince with a street fight. I, you know, I'm going to take my knuckles up, you know, and hey. – we're we could do like Mr. Fuji. Oh, Remember, Mr. Fuji would throw the. Uh, it was throw like the salt. salt. Yeah, throw the salt. Throw That's going to be my equalizer. That's going to be my equalizer. I'm going to throw the salt. And <laughs> Mr. Fuji. What in the heck? <laughs> that was this thing. Go pirates, go. <laughs> but just you know, a hey, Kyle. How about hey, Kyle? Let me just say this: on the biggest stage in wrestling, that would be WrestleMania. You cannot be any worse. Than Shane McMahon, you cannot be any worse. You're talking about you need this and you need this and you need this. Well, look, Shane McMahon, totally. Oh my God! I mean, thank God for Snoop Dogg. Actually, you want to talk about one of the Snoop best Dogg covers? Thought on his feet, yeah. <laughs> he was. That was one of the best covers ever because that was that that was probably one of the worst WrestleMania matches I've ever seen in the history yeah, of WrestleMania. Yeah, Vince, Vince blew his or uh, Shane blew his quad like Vince did several years earlier. Um, yeah, yeah. For nobody knows what the hell we're talking about unless they saw it. But 
Yeah, I uh, bad, bad moment for Shane McMahon. Uh, Shane's the son of Vince. Hey, he might, you know what? Maybe, maybe he'll give us some money after his daddy passes. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> but seriously though, guys, like you know, just just as the final thing. Uh, Matt, you're in Connecticut. Why don't you go? Why don't you go get a face to face with Vince? I pass their uh, headquarters. You know. On a regular go, look, go, you, knock you, on the you, door you, with your work in purple and gold. Yeah. Tell them you're a former East Carolina football player named Matt Semenza. Uh, you're currently an executive for whatever company you work for. We won't say on the air unless you want to. And uh, you want a face to face meeting with East Carolina about Vince McMahon given to this, some damn NIL for ECU. And you know, you're not going to leave until you get one. <laughs> I like it. I like the way you're thinking. I mean, uh, I don't we know. I, I may not make it through security, but I'll. Yeah, give it a shot. You're a big, you're a big dude, though. People don't realize you were a linebacker at East Carolina. You're still in great shape. Uh, I, I think you could take out some of those guys. Give them a like, jump off the top rope and knock them down. <laughs> Matt, 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 Vince will appreciate your 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 your, your huspa. He'll, he'll he'll appreciate your uh, your intestinal fortitude and and, and the gall of you. And uh, he'll he'll just be so impressed that you did that. I, you know, just out of the blue, that it'll, that'll be that you know he'll just be forced to give. He, hey Matt, Stevie said, just tell him that's the bottom line. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. And they hit him with the stone called Sonny. <laughs> I love it, Stevie. I love it. All right, so we got Matt's going to take care of Vince for us. He's up in Connecticut, so he, who's got Mr. Beast? Monica's got Mr. Beast. Monica, what can you? Uh, who? There's people in Greenville that know Mr. Beast. Come on, there are people that, including at my. You tell work. you tell Mr. Beast Kyle from Lagrange said he wants a one on one a one on one conversation with him. Give, I mean, the dude he knows get off from a grinder. Sure, he does. He could view that. You know, he, he could stream that live on his YouTube channel. That's right. That'll get. I'll, I'll get him. I'll Monica, get him tens of viewers. You Monica can, said she's on it. So, I, that's the thing is we've got so many great people that are in our fan base that are they're passionate. That I'm telling you, man, we get uh, like Matt said, you get uh, 2.2 million every year to the NIL. Then we can pay these players. That's what we've got to do. You. I don't know about you guys. I'm. This has got to be Matt. Let me ask you this, and Bubba and Kyle. This has to be the longest football season in the history of ECU football, going all the way back to 1932. This has to be the longest season. We're just barely. Oh, we're just barely. We're getting ready to be in November. It feels like it's January right now, or February for me. Like the season was delayed. Uh, it feels like the season's going by too fast to me because I want some more wins. Too fast? Well, yeah, because I want oh more wins. Oh, my God. This... I want more wins. <laughs> I do, too. But if when you're winning, man, it goes by fast. The season feels like it's four to six weeks versus 12. And now this uh, one. I get what you're saying, but uh, we're going to run out of time for wins. And, you know, the, I, I just uh, I, I, I don't want things to go like I think they're going to go. And we're going to run out of time. So uh, they picked us last. Exactly. Exactly. You don't want, you don't want to finish last. How about this? Robert has a great idea. Redirect 20 to 25% of your pirate club donation to NIL done. Problem solved. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But, but, but then Bubba, you gotta get, you gotta get people to, to, to do that. Bubba, we have, uh, we have people that we know Bubba that, they um, and help me out. I'm not going to say the person's name, but we had somebody in our um, signal our group that they want to give more to NIL. But the problem is, if they take less from the pirate club, then they're going to lose stuff for the pirate right, like the seats, right, Bubba? The for their football, um, they have like 
anywhere between 10 to 12, uh, maybe 12 seats, but that kind of stuff, they won't be able to buy the season tickets anymore. So like there's, they won't be able to buy as many seats as right, they want. For, yeah. For specific location. Go ahead, Bubba. I just said at that specific location, obviously, you know, in order to purchase. Seats well, is there any way they can be smart about that? You know, without about, sitting down and, you know, looking at the different giving levels and what's necessary to be able to purchase tickets at, at those specific locations. Uh, you know, I mean, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't there be a friend that purchased that Couldn't they have a friend in the Pirate Club who maybe is at that giving level that doesn't purchase right, that yeah. seats and you just give them the money to buy those seats for you? Right. Uh, uh, a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of folks More do that. One way to skin a cat. Hey, by the way, Elliot, because of us, Elliot's upping it. Is from seventy five to hundred dollars a month. Let's have a challenge. There you go. All the Thank people you, in Pirate Nation, we we challenge everybody to at least ten dollars a month. How many people can we get that listen to this show, that watch this show? How well, many? Every every Pirate Club member should be given at least ten dollars a month. Yep. If you're not a Pirate Club member, you're, if you're a Pirate Club member, you're not giving ten dollars a month. Then why? Well, you know, well, let's get this comment. And some, I'm make yeah, B Pays makes a great po- comment. That we hear from so many former athletes, including Matt, too. You got to get more po- folks involved. I know former I, I athletes who've never Radio been approached. Night, Call them. I mentioned that on Pirate Radio last night, Pays, that I, I, I talk to former players all the time, and they say they're never contacted by the Pirate Club. Well, uh, Elliot's asking, do we know how much money is in there, Dave, talking about the uh, collective? No, collective. I, I, it was. I Almost everyone already is that that listening to this. I hope. I hope. I hope you're right. Yeah, you're uh, preaching to the, is, I know we're probably preaching to the choir, but what we're asking is for the choir to sing louder and get the word out. To people, to, yeah, to, yeah, to to the uh, to the other people that may not be in. And, and if you're a pirate club member, it, I, I would. I would. We, we got with six thousand pirate club members. I don't think we have six thousand people given to the. Uh, it was at least five given to nil. So. Yeah, last uh, yeah I've, heard, I've heard we have between 300 and 400,000 yeah. now. I don't know okay. how accurate that is, but if That's you just right. think about that, just, that just stop right. and think about that for one second. What I'm proposing is 2.2 million annually. Um, we and are they can only get to a million, so they're, they're halfway to where they I, want to be almost. And I yeah, talked to last... But, but think about it like this, guys. We should have... we When you walk through campus, all right, there should be a tent set up. We should have people promoting these things on campus. What's the best way to grow the Pirate Club? You reach out to actual students who are invested in East Carolina. You get them started early, you know, kind of show them the importance of of giving back. Um, So I think we should have a strong presence on campus. In addition to that, every restaurant in Greenville, all these restaurants and bars that used to be called Pirate Sporting Pirates. They yeah. still have it, but it's not. Well, they benefit from the when when he, when East Carolina is good at football and we pack the stadium, the local economy is strong. Exactly, All I made that point last benefit. night to somebody. Uh, yeah. the Easter if if Pirate football is more than just it is important for Pirate football to be successful for Eastern North Carolina's economy. Yeah, because by the way, if you did not know. Um, Pete Pace says throw socials for the younger alumni demo, rooftop bars, et cetera, market the product. Um, but hey, how about this? Most people Pace, don't know. Pays needs to DJ. What's that? Pays can DJ the event. Pays is the man. Yes, he's a good friend, and we go back to 
uh, the 90s and uh, both DJs coming out of ZMB and both successful. So he's the man. Absolutely. I definitely vote for that. But guys, did you know that the average game, the average home game that we have in Greenville, it for the economy for Greenville is $2 million a game. Two yeah, million. That doesn't surprise me at all. It has to be. Most of the people that come to the games do not live in Greenville. So right. you're spending money at restaurants. You're spending money at hotels. You, you're buying stuff at Walmart. You're stopping at the mall. Whatever. So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. I, I would think it would be at least that. That's just, you know. All right. We have another question from Elliot. Um, you guys can help me out. That Dave, what is the update on the indoor stadium? Haven't heard you talk about it in a while. Okay. So what we know is overall for the Pirates Unite total – out of the sixty million, they've raised twenty four million. Um, the last that I heard on the numbers, uh, guys, help me, Bubba, uh, Kyle, Matt. I think it was fourteen million. At 15, fourteen to fifteen million in yeah. that range is the last I'd that I've heard. For that, you can build it for that. I don't care. People can tell me I don't know what I'm talking about. Are you telling me you can't build it for that? I mean, you're only you about can, bells and whistles and all that. You can get one built. Add on. You can and incrementally, you can add on. The reason Kyle, Kyle, and I agree on that one thousand percent. Is you the the indoor practice facility like everything else? It serves a purpose. It does you can not add on. To, it does not have to be a circus. You know, it, it doesn't have to have every bell and whistle. It needs to serve the purpose. Uh, you know, and, and you can I, you, if you can't get it built for the come on, you have to be able to. And like yeah. you said, we can when we start winning, uh, we we can add on to it later and make it nicer. Well, and another thing, Kyle, is that. <laughs> Do you guys get the feeling, uh, and Matt, help me out on this because you're more assertive also on this, but there there has to be some kind of urgency. Let's go ahead and break. Like, in other words, it feels I think, like that, I think part of the problem with the urgency is we're losing. I think that, that makes they're people afraid, not want to give. Right. They're afraid. Here's my thing. If you start it, more people will, if they see, I think one of the problems we have with our fan base, and I don't mean this in a bad way to the fan base, is a disconnect. From the administration, you need to go ahead and start building that thing. You know why? It's going to be twenty-five. It'll be thirty million by the time that you've got to go ahead and start. Well, if you start building it, then they will, they'll give more. The disconnect started under the Confer regime, and, and and everything done with Coach Ruff and and, and Scotty Montgomery, and it's been repaired some, but not enough. And and, and you yeah. know, one thing Houston has has won, but he hasn't won at the level he we thought he would have. And this year has gone way backwards. And he also, he he's not, he does, a lot of people, he comes across as arrogant. And there's a lot of people who don't like Coach Houston personally. Um, maybe they don't know him that well, but they're just from the outwardly, they don't like him because he's arrogant. And I don't think we've done enough to reunite the fractured, the fractured fan base. And some of the fan base Agreed. ain't coming back. Some of the fan base ain't coming back. But what are we doing? We have people moving hey. to North Carolina all the time. It's a growing area. Right. What are we doing to create new fans? And it's tough to create new fans when you're putting a shit product on the field. Well, another thing is uh, when when Pays was talking about the demographic problem, he mentioned, and we have so many great comments. Thank you, guys. Uh, the demographics of of our fan base. Well, guess what? There is a huge Latino population, for example, in not only Pitt County, but Eastern North Carolina and North Carolina as a whole, starting in 1990. So the last 33 years, our Latino population is exploding. Well, let's go after them. There's a lot of great people in there that would be Pirate Club members that would be that we could go after that are sports fans. I mean, have you thought about baseball? 
I mean, how many uh, Latinos love baseball? But they, there's a lot of great things there that their demographic. When he said demographics, it just hit me. Um, we don't. We're very underserved. We do not go after Latino population like we should, and that's a population that would definitely support us and be loyal. Right. Um. Well, I mean, I, if if uh, I, I'm white, black, Hispanic, Asian, everybody, whatever, I'm saying everybody's that, welcome. I understand what you're saying. We have a large. Latino population. I, you know, I, I, I don't know how many, you know, of those will, would be big donors, but yeah, you definitely could get some power club members to sell some season tickets for sure. Go after anybody and everybody you can. And then if it's an untapped market, just in North Carolina in general, um, you know, why not market to them? Why not be the, the school that is marketing to them as statewide, not just in the Eastern part of the right. state, but nobody else is going after the market. So why not? If you can get, even if you only got, you know, a hundred of a hundred, God, you can't say it without sounding racist. Only if you got a hundred Hispanics to donate, um, it would be worth it. Uh, so you, as long as you ain't investing a bunch of money in something with no return, um, sure, go after the Hispanic market. Go after, and, and, you know, I don't know what, what Pace was talking about, about demographics and diversity in the Pirate Club, but, you know, uh, yeah, we, we need, it, it all can't be 50 plus year old men. We, we need Young, we need old, we need male, we need female, we need black, we need white. All money's green, baby. All money's green. How about this? Robert makes a great point here. He says Mexico uh, has one of the best American football leagues outside, including college and U.S. and, and Canada. And as a matter of fact, uh, Robert, there are a lot of fans. It's crazy, but there's fans in England and Mexico guys that are huge uh, Pan- Panthers fans. It's crazy, but they, they have their own teams just like that. And I know that and the Latino population, there's a lot of uh, people that pull for the Raiders, um, but there's fan bases out there in the NFL. I know, uh, so why not have it for? Uh, and Matt, you can get the college. Italians. I'll bring in the Italian population. Yeah, absolutely. If go. they don't give, we break their thumbs. There you go. Hey, <laughs> maybe we should just take that approach with everybody. All right, let's see. Uh, we the Italian mob, Kyle. Right. We'll go old school. You don't give. We're good. <laughs> You gotta, yeah, you, you gotta pay Cult your dues. The this is, you gotta pay your dues. This is a pirate town. You haven't given to the pirates. You, you know, eh, we look out for you. You know, you, you gotta pay us. All right. In fact, Monica says it's a big business and requires strategic thinking and a vocal leader. Talking about college football, absolutely. And uh, Elliot says, "How about the Student Pirate Club? Are they doing anything?" The Student Pirate Club actually is uh, is probably the one of the healthiest parts of the Pirate Club. And uh, I know uh, Blades Hudson, who is my Pirate Club rep, that's his baby. And I know they could – but even being healthy and doing a good job, we can always do more. Um, you know, guys, with the with the students, you guys are right about um, we need to have, like, tents set up and we need to, like, have uh, socials like Pays talked about and different well, things we can do for them. need to be educated, too, about the history of Pirate Football. They need to get who we are and what we are because this current generation of students don't have a damn clue what we are and who we are. Because we, we, we've only had flashes of it since the Ruffin era. We, we've only had flashes of it under Houston, uh, a couple of upsets under Montgomery. Uh, but really, since the, the you know, it, it, ten years these ago. students 10 years ago, they were they were little. They, they were they were eight years old if they're coming in now, when, back right. when Ruff was here and winning. So it, 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 it's, uh, they need to be educated on who the, who the hell we are and what the hell we are. Because I think a lot of people, you know, the, the young people don't, don't understand what we're all about. Who, you know, Matt Simmons and what he grew up in, what he grew up in, when he came up and playing, you know, what we're all about. And 
we have higher expectations than one in eleven. We have higher expectations than eight and five in a Birmingham. Yes. Win. Because last year was disappointing, to be quite honest. When you look back at what all we had, we hey. we have not reached our potential in years, and and I uh, I think it's really hard for the current student body to understand what pirate football is all about unless they're generational pirates and their parents are telling them. Right, guys. How about this? What do you think about this idea, guys? Uh, let's read Alan's comment and then real I real quick. I I'm sorry. Man. The NL Collective needs to run commercials. Uh, he's talking about Team Boneyard on every radio station and TV yes. station yes. in the market. Yes. And in markets outside of Eastern North Carolina, yes. where pirate graduates live, it needs to be cross-promote on all platforms. Alan Vick, you're uh, yeah, That's what I was talking about earlier, Alan. You're, 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 you said it better than me. As a, as a radio veteran, uh, you, you, are, uh, you're, you are stating facts. Um, it needs to be promoted not just on the Hinton stations, but on all stations. And in multiple markets, absolutely. Guys, what do you think about this idea? You take once a year. Let's just say, let's just pick for this argument, homecoming, the homecoming game. Okay, right. you market that as a fundraiser, essentially. So, right, you basically market this throughout the week. We're going to see how much money we can raise during this football game. Well, home, homecoming, you already, you already have things that are doing that for other things. I had a – my idea, think, Matt. Think about this, guys. So you almost do it like a telethon. So, right. all right, after the first quarter, after the first quarter, you put up on the video screen, you know, at, at a TV timeout. So far, we've raised $25,000. Let's get to fifty. You better, you better make sure it's against Norfolk State. <laughs> hey, uh, Matt, what I was thinking about is – I, I like your idea, Matt. You no, just better. Right. I'm seriously. You need to do it against Norfolk State. You you better make sure everybody's in a good mood. Hey, Matt. I was thinking about having something in the off season where we could have a huge tailgate party because we pirates we love to party, and we have it every single year. We know when it's going to be, and that very thing we party hard. And also, how about we the- do this? How about we win in football, and then we carry it over to winning in basketball. And then we went in baseball, and then everybody's always happy, and we just keep giving. That sounds good. Hey, I don't have a problem with that. I was, but you were talking about the telethon, uh, Matt. I even told, uh, and I probably shouldn't say, but it was a private conversation. Uh, it was a basketball game last year, and I told Henry, I said, "Why don't you? Ha- you have all the radio stations. Why don't you have a radiothon for uh, Team Boneyard? I mean, you have like four or five stations." And you all have like a do it on a Saturday and Sunday. Those are kind of what we call in radio. I hate to use the term throwaway days, but have Saturdays and Sundays. And you have like maybe you could do it mad around a, a football game or something. And, and and like you talk about before and after the game, you could say, hey, uh, I know you guys at the stadium are raised a lot. But here out in Pirate Nation, we've raised one point two million dollars for uh, for the team Boneyard. And you always have these big donors that you wait until the actual radiothon to give the twenty thousand, the fifty thousand. Yeah, so you and maybe you, you know how like there. when you have telethons for cystic fibrosis or the children's hospital, right? And you have the kids up there talking about how the money donated saved their life. Maybe you could have a football player going, "Hey, without your money, I would not have this Louis Vuitton bag." Well, hey, they some of them have trouble paying for their apartments. So, hey, with, without your money, I would not have this PlayStation Five. One last idea on this, on this in-game fundraising idea, right? You do it at a, at, let's just say you have 35, 40,000 people in the stadium. Right. Okay. I like it. I like and it. If, it. And if you have, 
let's just say you have 25,000 people in that stadium give $10, $10 a person. You just raised $250,000. Exactly. In about, in about three yeah. hours. Yeah. So you yes. can do things like this. I mean, you know, it just takes coordination and I, I don't know. I don't know if we can do it. You know, like when you talk about- Boneyard set up at the stadium and have a raffle where they put in $10 and then, you know, a reverse raffle, a reverse rifle at every, at every single frigging game. Yeah. The next number coming out is 52 or, you know, or whatever the number oh, is. I'm not even, I'm not even talking about that. I mean, a 50, 50 drawing, like you, you, uh, you, okay. you, you, yeah. you, yeah. At every game, you know, in, in team boneyard, you know, everybody buys a $10 ticket or a $20 ticket, whatever. And we'll do $10 because I'll sell more of them that way. And, yep. um, it, you know, you, if you can get, if there's 40,000 people in the stadium, you get 20,000 people to participate. That's uh, $10 a ticket. What, what is that? What, what is 20? Somebody do the math for me. I'm a 200,000. You said 20,000 times. Times 10s, 200,000. Yeah, 200,000. Yeah. So, you, so, so now, um, now you, you, you have 50-50 draw and somebody's going to walk away with $100,000 and the other 100,000 is going to go to Team Boneyard. Holy crap. You just you got a chance to win a hundred thousand dollars if we could sell that many. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, you could yeah. do this. Would that's be, gonna... It would be great. It would be great. I, I'd buy a ticket for ten dollars for a chance to win potentially a hundred grand or several exactly. thousand, depending on how many tickets are bought in that fifty hey, fifty drawing. Elliot said, "Dave, I have an idea. Why not people at the games holding a secure bucket, standing at the games inside? Many would drop a five, a ten, or twenty. Have on the bucket from the bowling yard. They can ring a give. bell. And they can ring a bell. Yeah." <laughs> hey, I mean, that's, a good idea. That's, a good idea. that's a good idea but i do like the idea of a 50 50 drawing at every home game or do hey, it once a year that way we'd sell a ton of tickets for it here's a great thing so easy to hit a button on your phone during a game think venmo to the pirate treasure chest monica that's brilliant there you go love it i love yeah. that because i definitely can i can definitely i won't be but losing people like to get bucks. something for their for what they're giving in the 50 50 drawing somebody's gonna walk away not only is it going to be a lot of money for NIL, somebody in that stadium is going to walk away with a lot of money that night. And you can do Venmo, PayPal. Right, you know, yeah. You can, you do, can, that, you can do that. that. Yeah. You can do that. You could do the, uh, like we're talking about. And uh, by the way, you're going to love this, Kyle. Jeff says, genius. I don't know. About- which, which one? <laughs> me? Me? If, this is, if you're talking about me, I agree. <laughs> I How think about all this? the above. All you, the you above. If you contribute in stadium, you know, we have a new sponsorship with a beer brand, right? Like Pirate Beer, whatever Pirate the hell. Bro, yeah. It's, it's so, hey, you get a free beer. You get a free beer. Not to mention, you get everybody in a stadium drunk. People just give whatever the hell they have. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey, how about, hey, Matt, you could also do it where we come to your house and throw a big party for you. We're Pirates. I mean, you know, somebody could win a chance to enter a chance for drawing if they give to get uh, a, a party or have a big tailgate. At, even at there at uh, have a big tailgate party for you there at the stadium. All right, I think I'm it's a tie. He's going, with, he's going with Kyle and Monica. He says Jeff does. Thank so. you, I appreciate that. Yeah, the, I do love the idea of the fifty fifty drawing because yeah, people, you know, you got forty thousand people in there and you can get twenty thousand under participate for ten dollars a ticket. Again, 
I agree with that. hundred dollars to to nil and a hundred dollars and somebody a hundred thousand a hundred thousand dollars nil and a hundred thousand dollars. Somebody's gonna walk out of there with a hundred thousand dollars if we hey, sell twenty thousand things. Hey, hey Matt, can you imagine that? Like, <laughs> uh, uh, you bought. I won. Oh my god! And then I won that hundred thousand. I might I might feel obligated to at least give a thousand of it back Something, to nil yeah. myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god, I could do. Uh, I'm thinking about all the uh, the home renovations I could do with. Uh, hundred grand, but that's definitely, yeah. you're right about that. In fact, uh, how about this? He says, Elliot says a 50, 50 drawing, have 10 people to win 10,000 each. I don't care as long as people win. That's all. I, I don't care. I like the one big winner, baby. I like the idea of one big winner, one big winner. One he, person. Robert says he would buy two or three tickets for a chance at a hundred grand. You daggone right. You would. You, yeah. That's a, that's a, Hey Matt. Well, it only gets to be a hundred grand. It only gets to be a hundred grand. If it's a 50, 50 drawing is if, if 40,000 people are there and half the people, 20,000 buy the tickets. So you got to keep in mind, you can't guarantee what the 50, 50 amount is going to be, but you can guarantee it's going to be a large amount. Like Pace says, coming back, he says, comes back to thinking outside the box. Thank you. Just because we've done something a certain way, when Alan was talking about, he said, you know, uh, Alan Vick was talking earlier. um, Thank you again for all the, thank you all by um, all the great comments tonight. It's been an awesome show. But he was talking about the marketing is different now, and it's right because look at look at this. Think about it, guys. The technology is such that we could do well, a 50-50 well, drawings are old as is is they as, are. I'm just talking yeah. about the technology. It's just about yeah, using technology where you don't even have to go stand in line and draw a ticket and put in a bucket. You can do it all digitally. Yeah. You know, I, so I mean, I you know, it's uh, I, I don't. That is Elliot definitely. said he would buy a hundred. See, that's another thing. There's people that he yeah, buy, you might you might sell more than twenty thousand, so it might end up being more than a hundred thousand uh, dollar winner. You know, and I mean, if I, I know Kyle, if Kyle won a hundred grand, he would give back ninety right on the spot. Uh, yeah, ninety dollars, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so Vince is put man. Well, now so Vince is putting the pressure on you. It no, was going, we're talking about Vince McMahon. We talked about Mr. Beast, and now Kyle from the Grange. Kyle Barber, don't have the money to give away ninety grand. Kyle, Kyle was on a grand. I'm definitely going to give some of it back to NIL because it would it would be pretty hypocritical not to. But uh, no, no, I, Kyle needs a hundred thousand dollars. No, I, I don't make that massive mess of money where I just have ninety thousand dollars to throw around. Well, I tell you what, you, you guys have, uh, and of course our listeners, but you guys have put up. Great ideas because that 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 fires me up. I won't be able to sleep tonight thinking about um, that kind of stuff. Is exactly what this program needs—a great shot in the arm. And if we have going back to what we were talking about nil, if we have the nil money, we want to win badly with this fan base. And the way we do it, Semenza always talks about the transfer portal. I've been talking more and more about beating the drum about the nil. And I know that Kyle and I, Kyle and I are not rich, but we're giving both to Team Boneyard. If you we talk about it, ten dollars a month, a month exactly. But it's a it, it definitely comes down to awareness, and it definitely comes down to everybody saying enough is enough. We're tired of losing these players. And, yeah, exactly. And and winning does it does inspire you to give. But look, whether whether we fire Mike Houston or don't fire Mike Houston, I'm going to be a Pirate fan next year, and I'm going to give the uh, NIL. So okay, here we go. I got something there. Awin in Florida says in North Carolina, a nonprofit can do four raffles a year. The max prize is $125,000. There you go. So we would have to cap. If we sell more than that, then the rest of it would all go to, uh, to, uh, to you know, to, it would have to go Somewhere to else. NIL. 
So the max that we could get with some, maybe we would, you know, then more even, then it would be 50, 50 up to 125 grand is what you would have to stipulate. Right. So, um, so there you go. There, yeah, there's always ways. Um, we have good attorneys. There's always the way to get well, around. That's just that. more money. That's just more money that yes. goes to, um, to go to NIL. The whole deal is Matt Simenza talks about the 2.2 million, right? So that's what our ultimate goal is. So we say, Hey, um, we're trying to raise this money. We're doing the 50, 50, you got the 125 grand. But after that point, like you said, Kyle, we're, it's going all to the 2.2, our goal of 2.2. Let's, let's put it out there. The sports objective. We have a goal of 2.2 million dollars for our collective called team boneyard. Let's beat it. Let's beat that record. I want three, but I agree with Matt. We need at least the par level is two point two million dollars. Let's do it. I'll be happy with getting to a million, like like they want to, and then let's go I, above I agree and too. beyond. Well, that's and what I'm saying. Let's go above and beyond that. But yeah, and, and like I say, this isn't. I don't know. I want to be clear because I don't want to be called a hypocrite. This this has nothing to do with me trying to, you know, back off of Mike Houston because I'm not one bit. You know, I'll, I'll, I just want to be clear. This is because whether Mike Houston's here or not, whether we fire him or not. Whether I approve of the next head coach or not, I'm still going to be a pirate. I'm going to be here. Right. And the only way to assure long-term success for this program in the new climate is to get NIL going. And NIL is way more important I got, than the practice facility. I got an idea. By the way, Jeff uh, Jeff Collins says he's on board. He's going to spread the word. Thank you, Jeff. Thank um, you, Jeff. And, Jeff, I never thought you should have got fired at, or at Georgia Tech. <laughs> Georgia Tech. Right. No, you should have. <laughs> you sucked at Georgia Tech, and they're much better off with that. Man, uh, people are trolling our show. B pays – says so they have to target the big areas of ECU alumni and can do some geofencing Charlotte, events. Charlotte, D.C., Norfolk, Atlanta. Absolutely. absolutely. And Pays, I'll tell you what. i tell you what. The guys right here, look. What, you know when you have the armadas that are fantastic? Well, Pays, let's do some events. Let's get all of us together, and let's do events all over uh, the southeast, if you will, all the big hot spots like we're talking about. Let's do that. We'll have the big parties. Well, I, I know you're going to be playing the best music. We'll have the best parties. And uh, that's the way that we can uh, – uh, another way we can raise money. Matt says you get everybody drunk and we'll take their money, right, Matt? Sure. Alcohol is key to this equation. You know, people <laughs> will give more. But, uh, you know, th- the reason – again, $2.2 million, um, you can pay your top 70 scholarship players 26000 per year, okay, your top 70 players. And then that leaves you an additional 380000 for high-profile players. <laughs> How about so that's that? talking about football. We ain't even getting into basketball and baseball. Hey. Those sons of bitches don't get no money. <laughs> hey, Elliot, football Jim, drives Jim, the bus, man, right? Yeah, yeah. Football it does. drives the bus. Hey, how about this? If they do it online, they can make thousands of dollars because if I'm not at the game, I would buy them online. Many would. Yeah. And he also says, this is a great idea. He says, uh, Elliot does, have a cutoff at the end of the third quarter. I'll buy online if I'm not at the game. And he says, draw at the beginning of the fourth quarter. How about that? You have no quarter, and then you have the drawing right after the, um, the Welcome to the Jungle. You could have a big drawing there. In fact, uh, hell, hell, see if you can talk ESPN. If it's the ESPN Plus game, because in my mind, you do this against the FCS funds, everybody's in a good mood. Uh, if it's the ESPN Plus game, maybe you can somehow convince them to mention it on ESPN Plus and, and give out the text code or whatever yep. you, you paid to enter. And the big winner is Kyle from the McGrange Barber, oh, and he's God. just donated $90,000 back to the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, certainly 
give something, but it won't be no 90 grand of it back. Pay said, I'm down. Um, he said, Vontae owns a restaurant in Fayetteville. There you go. I didn't know that. Vontae Lee. What's the name of the restaurant, Pace? Um, well, I guess we'll find out here in a second. He says, Elliot says, Dave, we need to let upper management know. Hey, we, uh, we, there's a lot of people. If they will, the upper management, here, uh, the upper management doesn't like us. Um, we, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, you look, got, you guys so, email them. Well, we're talking about the team. We need to get with the people team. You, you're friends with the Hentons. Yeah, I can do it. They tell our 50, 50 idea at a game. And then you, you're going to have to make sure they take it serious and, and listen, just look at the response from our, from, you know, and, and, Look, the audience tonight ain't as big as it normally is because people are angry. <laughs> James says 90,000, Kyle, LOL. <laughs> yeah, hey, James, exactly. Um, Ellie, um, we have to let somebody, yes, we do have to let somebody know. And by the way, Pay says, Hay Street Grill has a rooftop. See, I'm telling eighth you guys. Hay Street, Street Grill in Fayetteville. Vontae Leach's, Vontae Leach's, Vontae, Vontae Leach's restaurant. So, uh, Go, go support that if you're uh, next time I'm in the Fayetteville area. I definitely want to check that out, knowing Devontae owns it. So, uh, uh yeah, that, that, and there's a lot of, and you know what? You, uh, speaking uh, of which, um, Pace, we have a lot of pirates that are hey, uh, tell Devontae about the sports objective and that we would like to be involved with this restaurant. Wink, Absolutely. wink, nod, nod. <laughs> we'll do uh, shows from there or whatever to whatever we can do to help his uh, restaurant out. We'll do it. And, um, yeah, he's getting free he'll do whatever right he can to help us out. Um, That's right. Um, I tell you what, I mean, you, you guys have got me fired out, uh, fired up right now. Um, Bubba, did you hear our idea? What do you think, Bubba? Bubba, do you have any idea what he's talking about? I do. Um, 50, 50 drive. I, I did. And uh, I think that's definitely, Good idea, worth exploring, and uh, kind of running up the flagpole, so to speak. And then uh, something else I want to mention as far as teamboneyard.org is concerned. Uh, when you go there to give, uh, initially teamboneyard.org this, is the website, right? Yeah, and initially this was not the case, but um, you know, Hank and then everyone uh, there at Team Boneyard they worked hard to um, to get it to where. You can uh, make your gift tax deductible, and uh, by doing so, you'd click the the link um, circled there on the screen uh, where you can give to Parents for Public Schools in Pitt County, right. and the ma majority of your gift is going to go to Team Boneyard and uh, a small percentage, I don't know, I'm trying to remember, 5-10%, something Very like that, will go to uh, Parents for Public Schools in Pitt County, so you're 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 benefiting uh, both causes, but especially Team Boneyard. And, and if you're not worried about it being tax deductible, just uh, click the yellow button. Exactly, and we need to make sure that uh, everybody uh, gets a word. I know Jeff. Thank you. He said, "Got it." Thanks. Um, Pay says that Carlester Crumpler Jr. is a huge in finance, very successful. We need him too. Hey, Pays, reach out to everybody and say, "Hey." Uh, we want, we definitely want all these guys to give to NIL because they're former great players and they understand what it's like to go through the grind. And now we can pay these players and be successful. Well, there was somebody that called in on Pirate Radio yesterday, just before my call as we wrap this up. Uh, there was a gentleman from um, California that uh, a couple calls for me that um, was talking about, or he might have been right before me. It's hard to remember now, but he was talking about, um, 
you know, he's very successful out in California and he would love to get back to the university, but nobody from the university has bothered to contact him. And some people are like that. Some people are, if you want my money, ask for it. I'm not going to, you know, ask right. you. So, um, you know, that's, you know, hey, whoever that guy was, hopefully somebody at the athletic department was listening on Pirate Radio, will pick up the phone and, and, and let Pirate Radio know or let the university know that you had somebody on Pirate Radio who says they're pretty wealthy out in California that's willing to donate and uh, go back and listen, get his name and contact his ass. There you go. Do you uh, guys, I guess Matt had to go or we dropped. Uh, do you guys have anything before we go and get out of here? No. Um, we'll see what happens. We got a week of practice lead up against Tulane. Um, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Um, and uh, four games to go. Um, in my mind, uh, we need to win two out of the last four um, for me to feel secure in Houston and, um, you know, only needing to replace some offensive staff and, uh, so I have my mind we gotta win two out of these last four and um upsetting two lines sure would uh sure would ease a lot of pain. But uh, that's pretty much all I got. Bubba, do you have anything before we go? Um a couple notes on men's and women's hoops. Um the secret scrimmages or not so secret scrimmages have been going on. Uh yeah. You know, you know, give credit to Steve and I go here. Uh, you know, especially for the, the men's notes. Uh, have not had a chance to to read much about uh, the, the second secret scrimmage against Providence. Uh, apparently we defeated the Friars uh, in, in overtime. Um, but in, in the first game we, we had, we had lost, um, you know, by single digits at Davidson, uh, obviously a pretty, pretty proud program. There's normally uh, near the top of the pack or middle of the pack in the Atlantic 10. Stacy Jell in there. Right. So, <laughs> we'll so, so we defeated Davidson uh, or lost to Davidson by single digits in the first secret scrimmage and then beat Providence, it sounds like, in the second secret scrimmage in overtime. Um, I, I didn't even know we had secret scrimmages. Um, I've heard of it. I did not know we had two of them this year. I uh, yep. sure would like to see Davidson and Providence in the regular season. That'd be fun. And then on the women's side of things, um, they look good. The, the women, uh, I heard, you know, and granted, Wake Forest is near the bottom historically over the last few years in the ACC. But uh, you know, I heard, I heard we defeated them pretty soundly, and then we we fell to Maryland by ten, and Maryland's preseason number four in the in the Big Ten. So, uh, you know, pretty strong showing against the Terps as well. Uh, I know uh, Amaya Joyner uh, obviously <clears throat> performed very well last year, and uh, she had a double-double against the Terps. That's good, and basketball season kicks off uh, on the 6th as we take on some school I've never heard of from Virginia. All right, by the way, uh, Elliot Who are we is... playing, guys, uh, to start the season? I can't think of their name. Farum. Farum, that's yep. right. Elliot's running for a little office. fun fact about Farum. It, it is the alma mater of Billy Wagner. I mean, one of the best relief pitchers of all time. All right. All right. Good luck to, uh, good luck, Elliot. He's running for mayor. And uh, my, I'm actually running for a town commissioner in Williamstown. What, that. what city is he running he, for? He said he, he said, let me know. He's not going to say on the air. So, um, but well, good luck for you. Elliot in that city that he's running in. Yeah. I'm running for town commissioner in Williamston District 2. So if you know anybody in District 2, 
tell them to vote for me. All right, that's it. We're wrapping it All up. Right. All right, uh, good luck to the Pirates this week. We'll, of course, have our Pirate preview coming up. And I know, Bubba, we're going to have uh, a lot of great, great programming, as always. Don't forget, teamboneyard.org is the NIL for ECU. And, yeah, Tuesday, uh, we should, we're going to try to have a Pirate preview. Wednesday, it'll be me and Stevie with just another sports podcast. Uh, me and Stevie got to get together and find out what we're doing Wednesday. He says, it, yes. oh, he said, the yeah, former assistant ECU in the mid-'80s went on to coach for a long time at Ferrum in football. So there you go. We're going to have him on? Let's see, maybe we should get him Dave, on. Dave Davis. Maybe we should get Dave Davis on this week, uh, Stevie. Uh, <laughs> 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 well, uh, Miss Stevie got to get together and see what we're going to have on um, – uh, we, we probably will um, transition into a little bit of basketball talk, yep. um, if not this week, next week. So uh, stay tuned for that and uh, all the other programming here on the Sports Objective Podcasting Network. All right. And uh, by the way, the I just found out, guys, that uh, we are hosting, that will be in Martin County football on Friday night, South Alamance. I forgot to tell Bubba that. South Alamance is going to be in Williamston on Friday night. for uh, So our time will be 640 on Friday night. And, of course, we have our big, big game on Saturday at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium as the Pirates hosting Tulane. Thanks, for everybody, for listening. We appreciate you so much and watching uh, live. Or, of course, you can see it archived on YouTube and, of course, Facebook. We appreciate it. We're going to get out of here. Until next time, you've been listening to the Pirate Preview. Excuse me, the uh, Pirate Football Playback right here on the Sports Objective. Good night, everybody. And, as always, go Pirates. Thank you.